there's no objection, I'd like to come to order and recess at uh, 8 p.m. for a short 10 minutes. Good evening and welcome to the regular meeting of the Napa Valley College Board of Trustees. I have a few announcements from closed session regarding item uh, 4.2, Public Employment, Vice President, Student Services. I'd like to report that the board unanimously approved a contract uh, renewal commencing July 01, 2017, ending June 30th, 2020. Uh, secondly, regarding the, the uh, changes to the existing contract regarding the, the uh, job classification from Vice President of Student Services to Assistant Superintendent, Vice President of Student Affairs, uh, that uh, also passed with one dissenting vote, Trustee Martinson. The board is uh, pleased to announce the unanimous uh, approval of uh, the following uh, positions. Uh, Andrea Rubal has been uh, appointed uh, tenure track faculty, health occupation skills lab instructor. Start date, August 11, 2016. That's today. Ending date, May 27, 2017. Step placement, step seven on the contract, regular faculty academic salary schedule. Uh, Andrea, are you here this evening? Well, best of luck to your new position, in your new position. Uh, we're also uh, pleased to announce the unanimous approval of uh, a tenured track faculty, Stan Hitchcock, for the position of machine tool technology instructor. Start date, August 11, 2016. Ending date, May 27, 2017. Step placement, step 10 on the contract regular faculty academic salary schedule. The board is pleased to announce the uh, unanimous approval of the position of temporary full-time leave replacement, mathematics instructor, Richard Kaiser. Start date, August 11, 2016. Ending date, May 27, 2017. Step placement, step six on the contract regular faculty academic salary schedule. And uh, Richard, Stan, why are you here this evening? Oh, thank you. Uh, the board is also uh, pleased to announce the uh, unanimous approval of the, a temporary full-time leave replacement associate degree nursing instructor, Catherine Ratliff. Start date, August 11, 2016. Ending date, December 17, 2016. Step placement, step 10 on the contract regular faculty academic salary schedule. Catherine, are you here? Probably not. And the board is uh, pleased and happy to announce the uh, unanimous approval ratification of full-time employment classified instructional assistant to visual arts ceramics. Aaron Dowling Michael, start date August 15, 2016, step placement range 15, step A on the classified salary schedule. Aaron, are you here this evening? Thank you very much. Um, moving on to the Pledge of Allegiance. Let's uh, stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I'll ask Dan Agardi to lead the place. I pledge allegiance 
to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. For those of you that are present here this evening, and certainly for my help is uh, an expert in the Robert's Rules of Order, David Mezzarin. And uh, he is at my, my right hand here to gently uh, grab my hammer and hit me over the head if I take a, a step I shouldn't be taking. Uh, so thank you very much, David. We're at 5.3, the adoption of the agenda. Move approval. I'm sorry, okay. there, may I just let you know about a couple changes? Yes, and, let's hear those changes, please. And one of them is noted on the agenda. Um, one of the uh, agreements, the memorandum of understanding with the city of Vallejo uh, is being pulled back by staff for some additional work on contract language. And then there are, there's a, a duplicate item. The human resources document is appearing twice on the agenda and 11.3 is um, probably the one we should use and remove 11.5 from the agenda. So they probably is a definite on uh, yes. uh, removing 11.5. So 11.4 and 11.5, those will, uh, are, um, off the agenda, does the motion still stand? Motion stands as uh, amended. Is there a second? Second. Uh, it's been moved and properly second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 You opposed, please say no. Uh, the agenda is adopted, thank you very much. At this time, we're moving to item six, public comment in general. This time, uh, the, the board will devote a total of up to 15 minutes for comments to the Board of Trustees regarding any subject not appearing as an agenda item for this meeting, but over which the Board has jurisdiction. The public may ask the Board to place an item related to the business of the district on a future Board agenda. No action nor discussion will occur at this time on such items. Individuals will be limited to a five-minute presentation. And at this time, I, I do note that I have several speaker cards in front of me. I have four exactly, any others? Um, and if there's anyone that wants to speak following, time permitting, uh, or if they're here, and, um, I'll, let that, uh, I'll let that proceed. So I have them in uh, alphabetical order. So the first is uh, um, general public comment. Uh, Debbie Alterstar, please. Hello, my name is Debbie Alterstar. I don't know the custom is to say where we're from. I'm from Yonkville, and I just thought it was appropriate to speak because I've met some of you. I've filed papers to run for Joanne Busenbork's position that's going to be open up. I want to thank Joanne for her many years of service. I had the pleasure to meet her. And I uh, will contact various people. I put my information available so that people might get to know my interest in this position. I've been involved in education in one way or another since my children were tiny, starting on the St. Helena Cooperative Nursery School, School Board, Yonville PTA, many committees in the school district. I'm currently a board member for the last six years on 
Napa Valley Education Foundation, which is the board for the, the foundation for the school district. And I have a real passion, as I said, for education and worked in nonprofit boards as well. And a particular passion also for our Latino students, really for all students of all ages. So thank you for the opportunity to introduce myself. Anyone who's interested to get in contact with me, um, I left, as I said, my contact information. There's also an article about me in the St. Helena um, Star a couple of days ago, so you can Google me and find my contact information that way as well. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Debbie. Uh, I have a card for uh, Kathy is it Felch. Good evening, uh, board members. Um, my name is Kathy Felch, and you called me. Uh, we indicated that there was an order in which we would like to make our presentation. So I'd like to yield to uh, Mr. Dan Muffson, and uh, then I'll speak after him with your permission. Yes, please. Thank you. Welcome, doctor. So good evening, Mr. Baldini and the trustees. My name is Dr. Daniel Muffson. I've had a successful career in the pharmaceutical and medical device industry. I've owned my own consulting company for many years where I worked with multinational pharmaceutical companies here in Asia and Europe. I helped establish a pharmaceutical company here in Napa. I've served on the Napa County Grand Jury and then I became a director and officer of the California Grand Jurors Association. I served on the Napa County Agricultural Protection Advisory Committee after being nominated by the Board of Supervisors. And I'm currently the president of Napa Vision 2050, a public welfare corporation. Most people respect me and my accomplishments. However, I was recently made aware of comments made by Mr. Sheckman on Napa Broadcasting about me and my organi our organization. I sent Dr. Kraft an email about these comments on July 29th, bringing them to his attention and asking for certain documents under the California Public Records Act. The comments by Mr. Sheckman do not provide anything of value to the public or the college. They are hurtful and discriminatory. They do not have a place on a college-sponsored site, especially given that your professed values are respect for others, honesty, integrity, and inclusivity. They certainly don't model the behavior that you would like your students to emulate. I'm going to quote a little bit from what he recently wrote. He said, what is the North Bay Business Journal thinking? They have lost all credibility. Their ninth annual conference is now a joke. How could they ever think that Dan Muffinhead, Dan Muffinhead, a word I haven't been called since the third grade. What makes them think that he has any credibility to talk about the Napa wine industry? He goes on to say, I hope that Richard Mendelson, Warren Winiarski, Mayor Jill Teckel, and others will rethink their participation. And shame on the sponsors, Dickinson Peatman, the Bank of Marin, etc. He goes on to say, it's akin to inviting an ISIS leader to a conference on world peace. Muffinhead and 2050 are not people that want to negotiate. They are wine 
business terrorists, and they must be shut down. They must be shut down by those who care about the future of Napa Valley and not invited to the table. I hope that you will respond to my Public Records Act immediately because it's past due, and that you, you, the board, will take appropriate action to monitor and guide Mr. Sheckman's remarks so that he and you can model conduct that we as a community want our students to emulate. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor. Kathy Felch, please. Thank you. My name is Kathy Felch. I'm an attorney, and I'm also a student here at Napa Valley College. Um, Napa Vision 2050 is a California public welfare corporation, duly operating within the state of California and in good standing. We, are incorporate, we were incorporated on August 4, 2015. The officers of the corporation are Daniel Mufson, President, myself, Vice President, Eve Kahn, my co-Vice President, Jim Wilson, Secretary, and Cindy Group, Treasurer. The college's website at the NapaBroadcasting.com underground-Napa states on August, 3rd, on August 3rd, 2016, the Muffin Man, be afraid, be very afraid, of what? Word is that the Muffin Man, AKA Dan Muffin Head, has asked for security for his appearance at the North Bay Business Journal Impact Conference on Friday morning. He's on a panel with Supervisor Alfredo Pedrosa and David Graves. The only thing he has to fear is the weakness of his ideas and the certainty that they will be shot down. I don't know where he can get security for his bad and arrogant ideas. A Snoopy blanket might help him. Besides words, also, besides word also is that he's either resigned or been ousted as the head of 2050. It was only a matter of time before they would start eating their own. That's the end of the quote. The statements that, Mr. Muff, that Dr. Muffson has resigned is untrue. Dan Muffson is the president of the corporation and continues to serve in that capacity. The statement that Dr. Muffson has been, quote unquote, ousted as head is untrue. There is no pending ouster of Dr. Muffson as referenced in the above statement. We, Vision 2050, the officers of Vision 2050 and the entire board, demand that the college and its trustees retra retract the above statement within three weeks. This letter, which I have copies of that I've just read to you, is signed by Daniel Muffson, myself as vice president, Eve Kahn as my co-vice president, Jim Wilson as secretary, and Cindy Group as our treasurer. And I have copies for the board. To whom should I give them? To Carolee? 
Thank you. Thank you. That concludes my remarks. Thank you very much, Kathy. Lenora Wilson. Thank you, board, for letting me speak. It's been a while. I taught 20 years at Napa Valley College. I am a lecturer at UC Berkeley, former professor at a university in San Francisco, and I'm on the graduate board at St. Mary's College. You have to forgive me if I say his last name wrong. I am enraged. On the subject of Jeff Shinati and Napa Broadcasting Underground Radio, I cannot pronounce his name, so I'll just say Jeff. Jeff's disclaimer states, quote, the opinions expressed in Underground Napa are solely those of the owners of Napa Broadcasting, LLC. They should not be construed to reflect the views of our contributors, guests, or our partners. I question who is LLC? Is it more than Jeff than just Jeff? Who are our partners? Are you Jeff's partners? Jeff defines on his partner page that the Napa Valley College is his partner. And when does free speech encourage defamation? When I wrote to the college president recently about Jeff's quote, bullying, the college president said it was, quote, free speech. Exactly what is free speech, I ask all of you. I was a scorer of incoming college essays for the liberal arts department for many years. And any time we saw a paper that maligned another individual, given student was sent to the campus counselor or the campus police department immediately that day as a security concern. This was also a policy set by the college to be implemented in my classroom when I taught English literature and other courses. I had security guards posted in my classroom when a student decided to return and continued to harass me or other students either orally or by written word, or both. One more attempt to malign and said student was escorted out of the classroom and could never, ever return. The student was sent by the college a notice of expulsion. This dictum we all knew as teachers and administrators who would continuously remind us and give us notices throughout the school year. Such instructions were adhered to in my classroom, as well in all the classrooms, and I knew plenty of teachers who would not stand for any bullying and therefore evicted students on the spot. Jeff Schnatty says, what we hope you get is plenty of controversy. Why, I ask you, controversy? He also says, no one here is afraid to say what's on their mind, and while we will take snapshots of opinions, mostly we're holding up a mirror to allow people to see themselves. Who, where, I, this is a grammatical mistake perhaps, but who is we? Does Jeff mean more than one person or just himself? Does he mean the college, 
seems like he is the only one who maligns and not his guest on his show that show more dignity. Why? Why this mirror? Who gives him the authority to mirror people to see, quote, themselves? Does this apply to the college as well? Are they holding up a mirror? And how does our very college symbolize, I ask you, quote, higher learning? If this is so, I'm shocked. He also says, you will also hear a diversity of people and of opinions. We've partnered with said Napa Valley College because we believe that a community college has the potential to personify the youthful energy and ideas that help define, shape, and hold together a community. I ask, is this ridiculing of people set a potential, even set a precedent for said youthful energy and ideas? Has he even reached out to people like Dan Mufson or Vision 2050 people or other people he maligns? How does he really know them? Does he phone them? Does he fight them over to his radio station? Or is his knowledge strictly heresy, malicious gossip that he or other friends or cronies of him may have concocted? Is the college in on this? Do they tell him things? In other words, are his so-called sources or sources or sources ever reliable? And how does his criticism define, shape, and hold together a community, not just the college, but the Napa community? I ask you, Napa, Yonville, Oakville, Calistoga, I've taught in all those towns. Is not, in fact, he dividing our Napa by maligning, bullying others in this valley, those very people he chooses to criticize. He also says our, or mine, efforts are about depth, about holding people's feet to the fire and having some fun. Who is our, the college? Is the college having fun? Apparently more than just Jeff, if we read this sentence grammatically. And how, I ask you, does defaming define depth, and having fun, at whose expense? His expense? The college's expense? Your board expense? He also says, we make the assumption you don't need superficial information. Are not the preconceived notions of, say, Vision 2050, superficial information? Excuse In me, other Ms. Words, Wilson, one more minute, please. Okay, I'm done. Um, information not factual. Not good journalism. Letters to the editor notwithstanding, our local paper doesn't put up with this. I ask you, how long has Jeff been in this community? My family, I say in all humility, has been here since 1919. In conclusion, I am deeply disappointed that the college I knew and loved has failed me and is failing me and others. Sincerely, Leonor Wilson. Thank, Thank you very much. We're now at uh, item seven, constituent group reports. I'll begin with the Academic Senate report. Amanda Badgett, 7.1. Thank you. Good evening, board. 
Here we are at the start of a new semester, and with new semesters comes orientation sessions. Um, I've had the pleasure of attending two, one for new employees and the other, um, the recently revived part-time orientation. My thanks to the administration, HR, OI, Dean Rebecca Scott, and of course the essential efforts of classified staff for putting time and resources into welcoming our facu new faculty and staff. Today was the first of our two Fall Flex Days, the keynote of which was a morning presentation and workshops by the Minority Male Community College Collaborative, M2C3, from San Diego. A number of faculty I've talked to were appreciative of the thought-provoking content in the presentations and of the follow-up exercises in the sessions that followed the keynote. We look forward to working with Craig Alimo, excuse me, Alamo, our Director of Equity and Inclusivity to bring more workshops and opportunities for professional development in, these crucial er in this crucial area. Other workshops today included roundtable discussions with administrators, which I thought was a welcome addition to the Flex Day agenda. For those who took advantage of the opportunity, the discussions were illuminating. I did hear at President Kraft's roundtable that there was, in fact, thousands of dollars for professional development that went unused last year. Um, for so many years, faculty were told that economic pressures precluded funds for professional development. It's good news that we seem to be flush now, but distressing that despite our requests for professional development through our evaluation processes and unit plans, money went unclaimed. I ask that we as a college make professional development a priority for faculty and classified. We need to re-examine how to integrate those requests made through planning into an efficient, streamlined process of application for and approval of funds. In addition to Flex Day activities, faculty are continuing to heed the call and serve on hiring committees. I've shared with this board the many hires we had this summer. And what is most distressing is that classes start Monday and we currently are short four deans. Delays in faculty hiring led to cancellation of some critical courses. In, if this summer has taught us anything, it is that we must not let such late hiring happen again. In the past year, faculty have been frustrated with the timing of recruitment and with job descriptions, reworded and reworked by administration without input. With this new semester and with new administration in OI, we hope to have an opportunity to do this better for the future. With a new semester, faculty are also focused on outcomes assessment. Trainings for program coordinators conducted recently by our new LOAC co-coordinators, Naomi Kionese and Christine Palella, are an important step in ensuring that there is consistent collection and analysis of assessment data. With these capable co-chairs, assisted by the Learning Outcomes Assessment Committee, faculty will continue to integrate assessment into their teaching. Finally, at the May board meeting, we did what we always do. We honor retirees. Among them was Dave Anglovich, uh, professor of accounting. As you know, Dave passed away in July. There was a celebration of his life at which a number of my colleagues spoke extemporaneously of his humor, his dedication to students, and his uncanny way of looking asleep or completely bored in meetings but then opening his eyes and making some trenchant or significant point no one had thought of. With his Hawaiian shirts and his very easygoing demeanor, Dave was the life of the party. And let's face it, when the part, life of the party leaves, well, it's just not as fun. 
and he will be missed. Thank you. And I ask that these be submitted as part of the minutes, Carolee. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're on 7.2, administrative confidential. Would you like them included in the minutes? Yes, please include the submissions of the Academic Senate report to the minutes. Thank you very much. This administrative confidential Senate report, Mr. Ken Arnold, also known as Chief. Good evening, Ken Arnold, Administrative <coughs> Senate uh, Confident or Administrative Senate President. Can't think of who I am today. Um, <clears throat> so we are waiting to get back in, to, uh, get the students back next week, and uh, watch all the fun start up again for the semester. We started out this week uh, on an administrative retreat up at the Upper Valley Campus, where we were doing some team building exercises. Um, I actually had a chance to interact with all the VPs, talk about their vision of things coming up, and in, and ended the day with a discussion where we watched a, a video clip where um, talking about why do you exist. So really what is, sounds like such a deceptively simple question, but why do you exist? What is it that you do? When we say we serve students, what does that really mean? Right, or, and so the challenge for all of the administrative areas was to really take that back, work with your, with your staff, and talk about why do you exist. Not the platitudes, but why do you really exist? What is it that motivates you? Why do you come and do what you do? So uh, that, was the, uh, that was really the, uh, a good retreat and a good way to start out uh, the semester. Leadership Academy is going to start uh, on August 26th, and it's full up. And I expect that uh, that will be a lot of fun, and, and we will be moving forward with that throughout the course of the semester. And then the final thing Dr. Kraft asked me to talk about real quick was we now have a new safety app. I put a card on um, all of your computers there. And the new safety app gives us one more, basically it puts the college police and a lot of information at, right at your fingertips. So it's NVC safe. A lot of times as, as a board, you've asked us about blue phones. What are we doing with the blue phones? This is really taking the place of the blue phones. The, the, that's a technology that's very difficult to keep going and was going to be very expensive to replace when we came across really this and talking to the students who basically the smartphone is an extension of them and we wanted to reach out and create an app um, or have an app created for us that is, uh, provides us that direct access to students. Please download it, put it on your phone. You'll see that it does a lot of different things. It sends emergency apps, it sends alerts, there's the Twitter feed from the colleges on there. There's all kinds of important phone numbers, touch some of the buttons, it'll be a direct connection to counseling, it'll be a direct connection to associated students. There's a direct connection to the college police, the red button up at the top. If you have your locations turned on, your location services on your phone, we can tell within 30 feet where you are on the campus including what building you're in. 
You can also initiate a confidential uh, chat with our dispatch center. So if something was going on, you didn't want to attract attention, there's a thing in there that says chat with dispatch. And we have a board, we have a, 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 or a uh, what we call a dashboard running in our dispatch center and we can initiate uh, talks with you. There's a campus map, safety toolbox. It's, we've just rolled it out on Monday. We had 10 users. Monday morning, we're at 2.50 as of this afternoon, and we just started rolling this out, and we haven't even got it out to the students yet. So we're, we're talking up, pass, pass the cards around. I got more of them if you want them. It, we're looking, we think this will be a really great addition to the uh, emergency systems that we have here at the college. That's the end of my report. Thank you very much, Ken. Appreciate it. 7.3 Associated Students of Napa Valley College report. Gabriel Sanchez, I see any not present. Kelsey? Or? Uh, well, I apologize for not having a more formal report, but I can say that I encourage everyone to step into the Student Activity Center. We've been doing a lot of work there, and we're trying to encourage more students to stay on campus in between their classes, and hopefully this will be an encouraging aspect for that. Thank you. Thank you very much. 7.4, Classified Association Report, Jan Chart, President. I don't see Jan here this evening. 7.5, Classified Senate Report, help me here, Ms. Huerta, Tila? Tuila, President. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I really didn't put together a report. It's just been very crazy busy, as I know it is with everybody. Um, so I hope at our next Senate meeting that, um, to get feedback regarding um, the classified professionals' involvement uh, in Flex Day. And um, I was also the Dr. Kraft came and spoke to our group um, Monday regarding the housing. So we'll be sending out an email just asking, letting everybody know what's going on because uh, uh, I was a little surprised. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Um, we have a, our new classified professional for the month of August. That's Greg Seawork. Um, the person who nominated him wanted to re remain anonymous. Uh, they wanted us to share that with all Greg's responsibilities, managing inventory and wine sales on top of being the VWT instructional assistant, Greg has kept the VWT department together through all of the changes that have taken place within the department. Greg always makes sure everything is ready for the students to be successful. Um, and then other than that, we are working on our bylaws and just trying to get everything rolling. I'm still trying to figure everything out and what kind of working with my group on what direction we want to take. Um, we did have our potato fundraiser today for the Flex thing. And we do it to raise funds for our professional development for, for student scholarships, but also um, for the events we have on campus. But it's also a way to uh, 
for with our, our own Senate to build team building. Um, we get to know each other better, but also it's good to network on campus and hopefully bring the different um, bodies together, everybody. Um, and it's, it, it's just nice to see everyone and just thank you for letting us serve you guys and for supporting us. Uh, and I, I think that's all. Thank you. Seven point six faculty association report. Diana Shabodi. Okay. Hi. Um, so, faculty have been preparing for fall classes for the last couple of weeks, and the faculty that I've talked with have spent pretty much countless hours preparing for this semester's classes, including converting syllabi um, to the new semester, converting face-to-face -face courses to online courses, developing new teaching tools, and perfecting others. Um, and it's a pretty exciting time for us. Usually we find it um, enjoyable and um, as we think and plan for those um, new students that we'll be getting. Um, and by the way, when I mean countless, I mean like 10 to 20 at least hours at least for each class. So we'll sometimes spend 40, 80 hours prepping so that we're ready for our students come this Monday. And in addition, um, we have many faculty teaching many online classes, and I don't know how many of you have taken an online class or have taught an online class, but online classes take substantially more work and more preparation than a face-to-face -face class. And for myself, I will tell you that in, a, um, in an online class, I spend the 10 to 20 hours that I would for a face-to-face, -face, but then another 36 to 40 hours on top of that, developing that course within Blackboard or, and or Canvas, and which um, is detrimental to our eyes, as you might notice by mine today. Um, um, so it's a substantial amount of time that faculty put in when they're off camp contract to prepare for the coming semester. I did meet with um, Vice President Cheer today and we're working on some long-standing issues and we are, at least I am very hopeful um, that we can find some resolution to those issues and I'm confident that um, we will be um, moving forward in several of those issues. The association continues to be concerned about the coordinator reorganization matter that I've mentioned over the past year that was not resolved last year. And we are learning um, from the assessment coordinators that I've, I've talked with them, they have met with me um, um, yesterday, that we're learning that as a result of that issue not being resolved in the last academic year, that there are gaps in our system, systematic assessment process that could lead us to not meeting our, the stipulations of our accreditation report. Um, the association would like to um, thank the classified Senate for the baked potato bar. Um, our classified colleagues continue to provide events that facilitate the community feel of our college, and we are appreciative of those efforts and the time and commitment they spend in putting those events together. I would also like to acknowledge the death of Dave Englovic and his time that he served for the Senate and also for the association. He was the person that let us know, le that let us know when we had to worry about the budget and also could explain to us those things that we go, I don't know, this is what the budget person said. Should we worry? Is it real? And he was the person that could do that for us. And I'm hoping that when we close um, this meeting tonight, I would ask that our board president, um, thank you, Michael. Yes, thank you. Um, 
But that is it for now. I'm looking forward to a great year. Thank you. Let's not forget he was king of the tennis courts, too. And he ruled. He Absolutely. Ruled. He'd bound up those stairs carrying his racket. Almost, it seemed like every day. I'm sure it wasn't every day. But always, always, always. Those it was definitely courts. his recharge. I mean, just, you know, really wonderful. Yes. Very inspirational. Thank you. Thank you very much, Diana. Item eight, superintendent president's report. I'll turn it over to uh, superintendent president, mm -hmm. Dr. Merle Kraft. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let's start with the Napa Valley College Foundation report. The, the new president, Gerardo Martin, is here tonight. And uh, maybe introduce yourself, Gerardo. And sure, go good, good evening, everybody. Um, yeah, like Ron said, uh, my name's Gerard Martin. I'm the new president of the foundation, uh, taking over for Bill. Uh, I've been in the community for many, many years, born and raised in St. Lena, known Raphael since we were in Head Start. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to uh, present this report to you. It's going to be short and sweet. Uh, I know you guys have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, so just real quick, I mean, I hope to uh, sometime in the near future have a formal presentation so that you guys understand everything that the foundation does for the college and for the community. Um, because, you know, as, we've, as we know, we continue to learn, uh, and I learned a lot in, over the last two months since I became president of all the different aspects of the foundation that, that we didn't really know about. So I hope to have that presentation for you real soon. Um, so I'm the new president. We do have a vacancy in the vice president, so we'll be filling that soon. Uh, Eric Lawrence is the new secretary, and Laura Wentz is the new treasurer. Uh, we do have a few new, uh, I think we presented this last time, the few new board members, but we also have a few, uh, two board members that have left, uh, Janine Kraft and Linda Butterwick. Uh, so we do have uh, availability on the board if anybody knows somebody that's interested. Uh, also, there's a run for Runfro, a 5K run on November 19th. I don't have any other information, but there'll be stuff coming out, right? <laughs> Uh, it's a fundraiser for the Patty Renfro Scholarship. Oh, yeah. Uh, we do have a, a gala scheduled for spring of 2017 uh, to benefit the VWT program. Uh, needs that are going to be identified by the program director for, you know, facilities, instructors, technology, et cetera. Uh, and somebody mentioned the student center. I, I think the student center is looking pretty good now. So uh, that was one of the projects that the uh, foundation funded. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. Uh, and it, Ron and I are going to be having uh, dinners planned monthly for uh, members of the community just to kind of get the word out about the college and the foundation. So we'll be doing that starting next month. And uh, so if you know anybody that in the community that you think would be a good person to have at the good community member to have at these uh, dinners, please uh, let me or, or Ron know. Uh, and that kind of concludes my report, so thank you very much. Thank you. You look so much younger than Raphael, I was very surprised. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. You do know sarcasm, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, wonderful, thank you. I don't know what to do with that. I'm just gonna leave that alone. Um, <laughs> Vice President's report, um, and let, let's talk, start with um, Oscar, please, and congratulations on the renewal of your contract. That was. Thank you. First, first I'd like to uh, uh, I'd like to 
to say some words about Ken. Uh, with, with this new feature that, that he's announced that he's going to be having our, our students uh, have as well as staff, it just it just shows the dedication he has for the safety of, of, of all of us here. Every time that Ken comes up with something, I always say yes because I know it's something that he studied. It's something that he knows very well is going to work, and he has never pr proved me wrong. So once again, Ken, you're to be commended for, for your ingenuity, for your thought process, and for keeping us safe. Thank you very much. I applaud you for that. And I just successfully downloaded it, so, you know, and I'm not a techie, wow. so it's wonderful. And secondly, I'd like to, uh, to, to thank the, uh, the Board of Trustees uh, for, your, for your vote of confidence in, in, in my competence and, and in my leadership with the new contract. Uh, I promise you I would not let you down. Uh, the other thing, too, that I learned is that Dean Howard uh, Willis just informed me that we have three counseling classes at our high schools, of which all have the, the requisite number for them to, to be a go. One, one counseling class is American Canyon, and the other is at Vintage High School, and the other is at Napa High School. So again, we are getting our, uh, our classes in the, in, in the high schools to ensure that those populations are ones that we assist with navigating their process directly to Napa Valley College. Uh, lastly, I also want to mention that uh, it, it was noted that, that the, at the Student Activity Center, which is the old cafeteria, has some new furniture. And that's uh, thanks to the foundation, which uh, provided $36,000. Uh, ASMEC gave another five or $6,000. And now we have brand new tables, you know, brand new tables, the ones that don't drag and rip up the, the carpet. Actually, they have rollers on them, and they're uh, much wider. Uh, we also have brand new furniture that's uh, very colorful and very color-coded with, with, uh, with the facility there. So uh, once again, uh, again, this workmanship that, uh, that, that Ben Casada has been able to engage in with the foundation, and uh, that too is very, very, very good and very promising. And um, other than that, Student Services is ready to, to uh, open the new school year on Monday. Uh, we, have, uh, we, we had a staff meeting of the day. We worked out all the details, all the bugs, all the issues. And, and we're ready to go, and we're hoping that you're ready to go as well. But thank you once, once again for your vote of confidence as well. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Um, Vice President Chur. There we go, okay. Um, good evening, board. Uh, so instruction has been very busy in the last couple of weeks. So as you know, Monday, August 15th is the first day of classes. So we have been gearing up for that. Faculty uh, came back on campus today. Uh, we had the first of our instructional excellence days today. Um, thank you, Michael Baldini, for coming in this morning and speaking to the faculty and to the staff that were gathered in the Performing Arts Center. Um, we've got a lot of work sitting in front of us right now. We have eight tenure-track professors that we have hired, instructors that will be coming on board with us this fall, four temporary leave replacement instructors, one temporary grant-funded instructor, and 23 adjuncts that are brand new to Napa Valley College as of this fall. So we have a lot of work in front of us with employee training, with professional development, um, and we're really excited about the hires that have uh, that we've been able to make coming forward into this semester. Um, uh, to that end, we're also in, still in the process of hiring four instructional deans, and I hope to have um, names across your uh, agenda here at some point in the near future so that you can consider the recommendations that will be made by the hiring committees coming up here. Um, so as we're getting ready for the new fall semester, uh, 
We had a wonderful new employee orientation yesterday, and I want to thank Charles um, Alberon and Rebecca Scott, who's not in here right now, for organizing what was a fantastic day for all new employees on campus. And that also included the new faculty employees. So this was a new tack that we took this year, where rather than separating out the various constituents into different training days, we had one day with everybody involved in it. And I think that that's uh, a really good step forward in, uh, towards the future for us, really looking at how uh, we're all integrated and we're all working together and collaborating for the students at the end of the day. And I thought that that was a wonderful way to start the semester for those new employees. To that end, also, we had uh, the return of our part-time orientation, um, as, as you've already heard here tonight. We had 57 part-time instructors show up last night uh, from 6 to 8 o'clock, so they gave up an evening uh, to come in and um, to hear information that they need to be able to, to start the new semester. And I was really excited that we were able to do that and to fund them for those two hours that, that they were here on campus. And so it's wonderful to have that back, and we're really hoping to build on that going forward into the future. Because because a well-trained uh, well and a well-oriented faculty member is one that's going to ser serve the students better, and ultimately, that's what we're here for. So really excited about that. Um, as you also heard, the Flex Day, uh, at Flex Day today, at our Instructional Excellence Day, we had fantastic keynote presentation and speakers uh, this morning that came in from the Minority Male Community College Collaborative. Uh, the topic for this morning was men of color in community colleges, trends, challenges, and opportunities. And it was one of the more in-depth and informative and exciting presentations that I've seen at Flex Day in a very long time. And uh, again, um, it's fantastic that we're able to do that right now, that we're able to bring in uh, these professional development opportunities from outside. And I understand that we're going to have some continuing uh, contact and, and a contract with, these, uh, with this group to continue providing professional development opportunities for faculty and for staff around the topics that were discussed today. So uh, very appreciative of um, the time and the work and the effort that went into bringing that in. Um, uh, we're monitoring enrollments right now. Um, we're down a little tiny bit from where we were last fall, but I've got faith that we're going to get up there in the coming days as students get back on campus and get their class schedules so, uh, sorted and settled and uh, get those last few slots filled up on their um, on their schedules for the fall. So we're uh, keeping an eye on that. Uh, we also. Um, I, I did want to take a second here to uh, talk a little bit about instruction in the news. So uh, for those of you that pay attention and read the Napa Valley Register, I do want to point out that we had a fantastic article that came out um, a couple of weeks ago in the Napa Valley Register that was about uh, um, how uh, our program, we have a program here that is preparing teachers for newly required curriculum here in the state of California. just want to give you brief highlights on that in case you didn't get a chance to see it. Um, so in July, the California State Board of Education approved new curriculum for the K-12 system to comply with the Fair and Inclusive Education Act signed into law in, 20, in 2012. The law requires public schools to include prominent gay Americans and LGBT rights milestones in history classes starting in the second grade. The new curriculum requires public schools to educate students about diverse families, the gay rights movement, the evolution of gender roles, and the contributions of prominent LGBT people, such as Harvey Milk. High school students will learn about the LGBT civil rights movement, including landmark court decisions, such as the same-sex marriage case of 2015. Um, the article um, was about that, but it was also about the program that um, Diana Shabodi and Greg Morelia, who, who is also here tonight, really um, spearheaded and got off the ground here at Napa Valley College. Um, the foresight um, that, uh, that they had in getting this set up um, 
has prepared our students and put us in a place where we can start delivering this curriculum to the educators that are going to need this content going forward as this curriculum is being um, introduced and incorporated into the K-12 system. So I just wanted to, to um, stop and take a, a moment to thank them for that work and for the foresight to be able to do that, so thank you. Um, one last thing here um, tonight, too. Uh, two last things, actually. Um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I know that there's a, an agenda item coming up a little bit later on, but um, as, as long as I was on the topic, I want to take a moment to thank Greg Moralia. Um, um, I'm gonna, and I'm going to try not to get choked up here. Greg has been, has, has been just a rock here at the college for us for many, many years. And 14 days? 14 days left? <laughs> not that he counts. Um, um, uh, he will be... Um, retiring, and there is absolutely no way that our college is going to be able to replace him. Um, we will be hiring a new person to assume some of the duties that he assumed, but I just want to take a moment and publicly thank Greg for the many years of service, and not, again, not to steal the thunder of the later agenda item, but I wanted to make sure that the that instruction acknowledged Greg today. So, um, and, and also, um, um, the passing of Dave Angelovich was a, was a big deal here in the last few weeks for the college. He's, he has been an integral part of instruction here at the college for many, many, many years. Um, uh, he was a dear friend to many people here on campus, and he will be greatly missed. And that'll conclude my report for tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Bob? So very quickly, just a, a few brief updates on what's happening in administrative services. First of all, in the business and finance office, we are... Uh, working very diligently getting the adoption budget ready to present to you in a couple of weeks. Um, I attended the state budget workshop last week on August 2nd. No surprises in the state budget. There will be no surprises in our adoption budget. Uh, the budget committee met uh, earlier today for the first time this semester. We'll be reviewing the numbers again next week. We have a uh, campus-wide forum scheduled for August 23rd, and then it culminates with your budget uh, workshop on August 25th. Uh, and so uh, stay tuned. We'll be giving you some information about uh, the state budget in general, but also the plans uh, that we have for three-year planning and budgeting and cash flows and where we are in terms of are we a basic aid or a community supported district or how close to that are we? And I will say we're very close, but save that for August 25th. Um, we uh, also in institutional technology, we are in the process of moving email to a new Microsoft Exchange server and a new version of Microsoft Exchange, which will address some of the issues that we've been having with email, but more importantly, will position us to be able to issue, ultimately issue email addresses to our students so that all of our students will have a Napa Valley College email address, and that will be the way that we'll be able to communicate with them. It will also position us to start moving into the student self-service areas to bring up student planning, to bring up student financial aid self-service, and finally, to bring up the portal, which will then allow us to have a mobile application so that students will actually be able to register for classes on their smartphones or their tablets. So very exciting time in institutional technology, and I can't, uh, uh, I, I can't miss an opportunity to say that we are in the process of recruiting two new employees for institutional technology, a network analyst, and an application support analyst, the application support analyst to do some programming work for us 
in our colleague system. So those positions are posted. We're very excited to get those filled. And then finally, the third part of administrative services and facilities. We are looking at, we got uh, scheduled maintenance money. The state is giving the college a little over $900,000 to be used uh, for a combination of scheduled maintenance and instructional equipment. And so a portion of those funds will be used to fund some scheduled maintenance projects here on campus. And you will also see if you're on campus over the next few weeks, you'll see some minor construction projects going on in some of our buildings to create some much needed office space. We're doing it in-house uh, to create some much needed office space for some of our new hires. And so that concludes my report. Thank you. And I'll call on Bob a, a little bit later to work on another item. Um, a little shout out to uh, Chara. I, I was going to talk about the, uh, the work you're doing in HR and um, you know, tell you so much, how, how, how we appreciate so much this, this orientation day that Eric talked about. It's really uh, a brainchild that I think is just wonderful. And you, you folks carried it off really in an excellent way. So thank you. Congratulations on that. I, I would also say that HR is really focusing on the training function. Um, and really bringing people up to speed. The gap between wh what people know, how they know about to address an issue or a concern or a problem, generally will escalate into a, a, a time waster or a, an issue. And so the more training that we can do on the ground in, pre in preventing that of staff, um, administrators, faculty is just wonderful. So we're really looking forward to that. So thank you. Um, my report is here. I'm just going to land on a couple things. If you can bring that one up, Carolee, I'm sorry. Um, that, there's a couple things. I think you know um, Eloy Oakley was selected as next chancellor. He, he takes his position on December 19th. He's reached out to several of us um, in, in, the, in the field to talk about you know, concerns and kind of hot topics. Um, some of those are expansion of the pilot program for BA the um, workforce strong um, potential in terms of those big CTE things that are rolling down and how that will change. He's very knowledgeable, if you will, coming from Long Beach on the Long Beach Promise, what dual enrollment looks like, and the seamless integration of kind of a K-14 system and then a K-16 system. So he's very interested in talking to us as, a, as an institution and Napa Learns as well. So I had good chat with him. Um, there's a couple other things here that they're, they're posted for you to take a look at. There's a, a, uh, one change that might be noteworthy, and that's really this Board of Governance fee waiver changes. Oscar's team is very aware of that, but some of the um, progress requirements is changed. As you know, we I think we're at about 60%. Is that right, Oscar? Yes, on approximately 60% yeah. of, of our students with BOGs. On, of our students are on BOG waivers. There's kind of new... Um, uh, they're more than proposed, but they're new regulations that are coming in to track the, the adequate progress of somebody. Um, the Chancellor's Office was really concerned about this at first, but it, it, it appears that it will be a fairly low number of students who are affected by this, but it's something for us all to, to, to keep um, mindful. Um, it, it, you know, kind of the early alert thing we talked about today, keeping students, you know, on task with good GPAs in school so they can maintain um, that benefit of the, of the BOG waiver. Um, AEBG, we haven't talked too much about, but that's this adult ed block grant. Um, the new team um, for 
the second year is um, Eric Scherer, Bob Parker, Dean Rebecca Scott, Director Charlie Monahan, and myself, working very closely with the Napa Unified in the County Office of Education. There are very significant impacts. I think that the faculty is really going to have to weigh in here heavily as we start to move forward on, on what exactly adult ed means in the county, which parts and portions is the Napa Unified going to take, what will the college take, and I feel very, very comfortable and um, happy with this team. So welcome aboard, both of you, for, to that. Um, that our team is um, Eric Scherer, um, Bob Parker, Dean Rebecca Sp um, Scott, and uh, Charlie Monahan, oh, and you. myself. Thank you. Um, there, uh, posted for you tonight is an EM EMSI report, and I asked Bob to just um, just chat about it a little bit. This is a report that was commissioned last year. It's a it's a backward looking report, if you will. Um, and really talks about the economic value of Napa Valley College. The last time we had one was, I think, came out in early 14, based on probably 12, 13 information. Um, and and uh, since he's the money guy, I thought it would be excellent for him to just walk us through a few things. You don't have to take very long on this, Bob, because it's, it's downloaded for you, you know, fully available for you to read, but I wanted to draw your attention to it. Certainly. So there were just a couple of things as I read through the report, a couple of things that, that pop out for me. First of all, and this is based on information from fiscal year 2013-2014. So as uh, Dr. Kraft says, looking back a little bit, but uh, their analysis indicates that we, Napa Valley College, contribute 3.5% of the gross regional product for uh, Napa Valley, which is a pretty significant number. And that's just our impact, not the impact that uh, our students have. Or, uh, and there, there is, there's a lot of information in here talking about how every dollar that we spend, whether we spend it on supplies and materials or uh, 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 salaries to our employees, that there is an effect that ripples through Napa Valley in terms of what our employees do with their money, what, uh, what our uh, suppliers do with their money, and the overall impact that we have on the economy in general. I think the other thing that really struck me uh, from the report was uh, the projected benefits from a student perspective, and there's information in the report regarding what it means to our students to achieve that associate degree and what it means when they go on and transfer to a four-year institution. And then also, what does that cost? And maybe it's the managerial accountant in me, but um, I get excited when I see things like payback period and, and internal rate of return. And I think it's, um, it, it's interesting to note that they're, when they talk about what it costs a student to come to Napa Valley College, they're also including what we refer to as opportunity cost. So instead of going out and getting a full-time job um, or maybe even two jobs, um, I choose to spend my time, our students choose to spend their time coming to Napa Valley College. And so it factors in not only the cost of the books and the cost of the enrollment fees, but it also factors in that lost revenue in terms of wages that our students uh, would experience. And so it, by their calculations, our internal rate of return, so the return that our students get on their uh, investment 
in the time that they spend at Napa Valley College is 14.9%, which is a pretty good rate of return compared to if they had if, if they had collected that salary and put it in the bank, they wouldn't be getting a 14.9% rate of return. And so overall, the information that's an that is included in the report um, is, uh, uh, sheds a very favorable light on the impact that we have as, a, in, as an institution on the economy in general, but more importantly, on the students that we serve. Uh, I missed the first part of this. Uh uh, I was apologize. I was reading Doug's report. Where did this come from? Did we solicit this? Did we? We did. Yes. Okay. Oh no, that's okay. So, so these were funds that were available through the uh, Small Business Development Center, and so it was commissioned by our um, our uh, Economic and Workforce Development arm. Okay. So it's this economic modeling specialist. Yes, those are the folks who we contract, who the Fantastic. college contracted with. Thank you. I, I would also like to. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, please. Um, yeah, I was just wondering when it talks about like the alumni impact, the, the types of jobs they're going into, and how much income they're generating. How I know when I came on the board, we didn't have a way. We weren't tracking alumni, and I'm wondering now, do we have some mechanism to track alumni in terms of? What happens to them after they leave? What type of jobs they get? How much they make, and so forth? Or how are they getting this data? So, in this particular case, these are these. What they're using is a study of the economy in general um, and the workforce in general here uh, uh, in the region. Uh, we are, however, positioning ourselves to. Uh, uh, have a, a better means of remaining in contact with our students uh, through the Napa Valley College Foundation and through the use and creation of an alumni association. We also, through a number of the economic and workforce development uh, initiatives throughout the state, are gaining access to information about uh, our students and employment after they leave Napa Valley College. So while that was a challenge in the past, it's becoming less and less of a challenge moving forward. Thank you. Um, just, I want to end up um, the report just to say that um, this is a, I always love school openings. I'm really looking forward to working with classified professionals in the Senate and um, Amanda in the Faculty Senate and uh, the Faculty Association and um, the administrators. It, I think in terms of this of a school opening from my vantage point, this is probably I think the best in the five years that I've been here uh, in terms of the general tone and tenor. We have a very strong and wonderful cabinet. I'm very, um, very, very pleased with that and I've, I've heard that from many people and a growing and wonderful group of um, very capable administrators and so um, there's a couple of you here. Well, maybe there's just, well, there are two here. So anyway, hi, Howard. It's a little shout out to you. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's really a pleasure. Um, we have a, a activity tomorrow, which is a flex day luncheon. Um, the board is certainly invited to that luncheon. And I don't have the time, if anybody does, probably noon. 11.30. Right. What time is it? 11.30. 11.30, thank you. So you're already on it. Um, I am. It's a really there. good time to see the family, which we are um, here, and I think that family feel and culture is very important for us to, um, to continue. So that's my report tonight. Thank you.
Thank you very much, sir. Moving on to my favorite, the approval of minutes under item nine. Is there any changes uh, to the minutes as proposed? They move stand, approval uh, as, uh, uh, no, we don't have to remove approval. Uh, no, we don't, but we have a. Yeah, I'd like to make one correction to my board reports. Since we still have board reports, I'd board like reports, to make a, request, um, a correction. Um, so it's 13.3. Oh, it's okay. Okay. So, um, the second sentence. So, uh, Ms. Martinson asked for, I'd like the next part to be struck and for it to say instead, um, I asked for the legislative subcommittee to look into to them. So, um, I, I discussed those two pieces of legislation and I asked for the legislative subcommittee to look into those initiatives. I didn't ask for... So asked for strike the whole board to support those initiatives, strike that, and instead say that I asked for the legislative subcommittee to look into those initiatives. I'm curious to see if, I mean, if, if, if it's audio backed, I would be curious to see if it's actually being changed or not. I believe that Ms. Martinson asked for both of those things. Um, and I thought I had captured both of those things, but perhaps not. Yeah. I asked for the legislative subcommittee to look into the initiatives. To look into supporting the initiatives and bringing it back to the whole board. If there's no objections, so that amendment will be included. Do I hear any objections? And the uh, minutes with the amendment stand approved. Done. Done. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, item uh, 10, information discussion items, uh, 10.1, apprenticeship and pre-apprenticeship programs. Thank you. Um, I'm going to ask Vice President Shearer to bring this. Um, there's some um, definite you know, deepening of this conversation about pre-apprentice and pre-pre-apprentice, and um, Trustee DeGuardi has brought this to the attention of the board on several occasions, and um, we thought it would be um, a good time to take a, a few minutes, a few, a few short minutes, to just talk about um, this program. Thank you, Eric, if, you, if you're ready to talk about this, and then we're open for conversation, I think. Is this supposed to be attached to the supporting documents? I think it was just, I don't know, it can be attached. It, uh, it I'm not sure it came in. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was. But we'll, we'll put it in. Okay. I decided to make something look pretty for you guys, so I'll put this together. Um, so I'll just, I'll, I'll be really brief here on this. So um, Dr. Kraft had asked me to just present a little bit to you about what apprenticeship programs are um, and how they function in the community college system. So I'll take just a second to talk about um, apprenticeship and also pre-apprenticeship programs, which are kind of the two flavors that we see within the community college system. So first off, uh, an apprenticeship program, as we call it in the community college system, is really this uh, wonderful, unique opportunity for students to do two things at once. 
get trained for a job and get an education. Um, earn while they learn is one of the phrases that's used frequently when discussing apprenticeship programs. Um, and so these, these are really interesting hybrid um, uh, of work experience that the students do directly with an employer and then academic work that they do through community college. Now, um, there's also adult education uh, locally that can do this and also ROCP programs can also um, engage with employers on setting up apprenticeship programs. Um, but this is sort of, th this is a way for students, uh, students to get into the apprenticeship system, oftentimes in the construction and building trades where you see this frequently within the state of California. So um, just, that's just a little bit in that it's been done here in the state for a long time, 1939 was when the act was approved that, that um, called for this to happen. So it's an interesting sort of hybrid for the California community college system and not all community colleges do this. There are several here in the Bay Area that have fairly robust apprenticeship programs, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not widespread necessarily throughout the state or in all of the community colleges, I should say. Um, and it's an interesting hybrid also in that it requires community colleges uh, to work in concert not only with employers, uh, with trade unions oftentimes, but also with the division of, of apprenticeship standards at the state. So a little bit about how it works. So as I said, students uh, receive paid on-the-job training from a program sponsor. Um, or related employer, or and then also what's called related or supplemental instruction, which is what's delivered back on the college campus, or in the adult ed program, or in the ROCP program, depending on how um, it's set up. So uh, through this process, uh, through the RSI component of this, the related or supplemental instruction, students can actually earn college credit. They can get a certificate. They can even go so far as to get an associate's degree, depending on what area it is that they're apprenticing in um, and what the program type is at the college that's doing that component of the apprenticeship. Um, these can last anywhere from three to five years in length. Getting trained to do the jobs that you do in this are uh, the equivalent of a college education, if not more oftentimes. So apprenticeship programs are very tough, rigorous programs um, and a, it's a, a wonderful way for community colleges to support students in yet another venue in getting into the work world. So just a little bit about them. So we're going to do something a little fancy here, so you guys have to watch. There's an animation. I didn't make it. This is a standard chancellor's office slide here on this one. Diana may recognize this one. Um, so the way that an apprenticeship program is set up at a local community college, um, first off, the important thing that this slide leaves off, and I want to make sure that I make this point very clearly, this slide is presuming that there is an existing program that has already been approved through the curriculum process at a community college. So what you're not going to see on here is the development of a, of a program by faculty and the approval through the curriculum committee and through the board. So that's presumed in the slide that I'm showing here. So this is not a shortcut to new programs. Um, so it typically starts off with the employer, or the program sponsor, uh, indicating that they want an apprenticeship program and approaching one of the local education agencies, either a community college, the ROCP, um, or um, the adult ed in their area. From there, the related and supplemental instruction component of it um, would be developed or um, packaged by the community college. Concurrently, the on-the-job uh, supervised learning component of it would be established through the employer or through the sponsor. Um, that, again, has to be approved through the Division of Apprenticeship Standards. From there, the employer would ask the community college to go forth with a good faith effort. The college would agree. The employer determines the curriculum. Sometimes they will teach that at the site um, as opposed to the student being on campus at the community college. 
uh, you, the Board of Trustees and the CEO, would sign off on the, the approval application and then would send it to the Chancellor's Office. The uh, Chancellor's Office is authorized to approve these programs pending the receipt of the uh, Division of Apprenticeship Standards approval. So it goes through the, the DAS approval, and not our DAS, but the State DAS uh, Division of uh, Apprenticeship Standards. And then at the very end of the day, you have an apprenticeship program where the student can both um, learn uh, and uh, learn the actual on-the-job on training and then get the classroom learning through the related and supplemental support back at the college. So that's one flavor of apprenticeship program in the, in the state. Another area that's, been, that, that's actually been, um, it, it's been around for some, for some time. It's gone through some federal law. It's gone through some changes in the federal statutes in the last few years. And there's a lot of, been a lot of funding through the chancellor's office and through other state agencies for this of late, and that's the pre-apprenticeship program. So this is distinct from the apprenticeship program, but it requires the college to have an apprenticeship program. You can't just have a pre-apprenticeship if there's no apprenticeship for the student to go into. But what this does is that it teaches the students and it prepares them to be successful in an apprenticeship program. These are shorter in duration, shorter uh, of a shorter nature. Um, these are often, uh, often geared towards younger students. Um, in fact, there are some models of this where high school students are even brought into the pre-apprenticeship. Um, fresh high school graduates, and also a lot of the funding in the state in the last couple of years on this have been um, centered around funding new and innovative programs that target historically underrepresented populations. Um, apprenticeship programs are really seen as a means for mobility and for uh, people to move into the middle class. That's really been one of the historical promises of the apprenticeship programs in moving into these really solid, high-paying jobs in the building and construction trades through the apprenticeship and then into the journeyman. Um, and I, I have somebody who can speak much more directly to that sitting here on, on the board right now. But this is just a little bit about, about those two, two flavors of things that exist within the community college. So many community colleges have these. It's, again, it's not all community colleges in the state. Um, what I showed you presumes an existing program. Um, um, these aren't something that just get created out of thin air. It has to go through all the approval processes locally and at the state, at the state level, um, also through the through DAS, et cetera. But just a little bit about what we do um, or what can be done within the community college um, system on apprenticeship. So with that, what questions do you have? Dan, what, what, do, what do you think about this? Well, I don't think I have any questions for you, but uh, I'll just say from the standpoint of, from the building trades, you know, years ago, the high schools cut out vocational ed, and it's been a tough, really tough thing for the trades to get candidates who end up uh, being successful in the trades. And this is a way, the pre-apprenticeship program is a way to find qualified candidates. On top of that, right now, there's a, almost a critical situation of baby boomers aging out and needing replacements. There is a building boom right now. Of course, every industry has that going on with the baby boomers retiring. But uh, co construction in particular se seems to be hit really hard. But what I, something that struck me when uh, you and I and Carrie Ruffley and the two gentlemen from the building trades did our walkthrough here, Bill Scott and uh, Les Proto, we were talking about, well, we have a sh we'll have set up a shop over here and a classroom over there and a library over there, and the, the students really have to walk around a lot and the administration building. And I thought, well, that's really a good thing because 
there will be about 30 candidates that are signing up right now. The orientation's in October and the classes start in, uh, in November. Of those 30, you know, maybe only a half a dozen or so will actually may have a successful life in the building trades, but most of those 30 people may not have felt comfortable ever walking onto a college campus, but once they're here, and they go to the library, they go to the student services, they see what else is offering, build a comfort level and say, you know, construction's not for me, but maybe uh, psych tech is for me, or maybe I'll get my act together and go on to a four-year college. Something, something yeah. will strike, and I think it's an opportunity for that. And as you say, a middle-class middle class life. I mean, I did the two years of junior college and then a four-year carpenter's apprenticeship, and I've had a successful, I think, a successful life. I'm retired now, and even though I've got a couple little arthritis issues going on, it's still been a very successful life. So what, what apprenticeship program are we going to be doing? Well, it's a, it's a joint, it's not a specific craft, it's the building trades, and each craft will have a piece of it. And so there'll be a classroom aspect of it and a shop, and every Every time they do a shop, it'll be a different trade, giving a hands-on um, view of their trade. And I can't speak for every trade because each one has different rules, but some, for some of the trades, it will be an immediate step into the apprenticeship program once they pass this class. So this is a pre... So, so yeah, so, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, I met with Dan and with Carrie Ruffley, and, and, with, and the name of the association was... It was T-tip. Tip. 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 Trades Introduction Program. Trades oh. Introduction Program. So this is actually what they refer to as a pre-pre-apprenticeship. Um, so this is this is not something that 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 is involved with the um, with the community college curriculum. Um, this isn't this is not a program of Napa Valley College. This is a um, um, uh, an organization that works closely with a lot of community colleges in the Bay in the Bay region, actually all over California, um, and utilizes facilities and and does partnership with. Uh, colleges on, on that front. And so they offer a, a program that's about a six-week program, I do believe, eight-week program. Right. Kind of an introduction. Every trade, every trade has their pre-apprenticeship, which is essentially a boot camp, and those that yeah. do well on that can go into the apprenticeship. The program we have here, the TIP, technically we can't call it pre-apprenticeship because yeah. that's an official designation by the Department of Apprenticeship Standards. Yes. So we call it a pre-pre-apprenticeship is essentially what it is. It's a step before the step into yeah. it. Yeah. Going back to your presentation, what's the timeline from where okay, it's in a, you have an approved program at the chancellor's level, so going through your, those steps, what's the timeline, how long from that to where we could actually well, so so let's so let's say we had a program here on campus that was um, you know geared towards some aspect of construction or electrical work you know that that could that would be uh, providing the curriculum that would be necessary for somebody to apprenticeship into uh, an electrician's uh, into the electrician's field. So, if we had an existing program here at the college, if all of that curriculum were already in place, um, this would just be a, th this would be a matter of uh, probably a, a year's worth of development and approval. Um, through um, through DAS and through the chancellor's office and getting that set up. There's a lot of agreements that would have to be set up between um, between the sponsor for the program and the and and you as the board in the college. Um, there would be work that would be done through the academic senate and through the curriculum committee 
as well to ensure that the curriculum was up to industry standards. So, so there would be some work that way. Now, if we were talking about if, if today a faculty member um, and, and Dan got together and they, and they decided that, you know what, we could create a brand new program, something we've never had here before, and it goes through the entire curriculum process here locally, it would have to go through the local program approval process, the initial process, the full development process. You could be looking at probably two to three years before the implementation would happen, depending on the nature of the program. Now, that wouldn't necessarily have to be a full associate's degree. It could be a certificate program that could, that could feed into it, um, um, but probably a couple of years in, in, in an instance like that. Thank you. Yeah. So the, um, just to understand, so the TIP program that's going to happen, that's through the unions, but they're, yeah. and they're just using our space. Correct, yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the, the, the true partnership between a, a union and the community college, have has NBC ever had a partnership like that in the I don't past? think that we've ever had an apprenticeship program here at the college, and, and I don't know if, if, if anybody could correct me on that, but to my knowledge, yeah. we've never done that here. Yeah. No. Are there, are there employers so. or unions that are reaching out that would like to bring a program like that to the not, college? Not to my knowledge, not since I've been here, but again, um, you know, I've, I've been in this position for nine weeks now, so <laughs> not in the last nine yeah. weeks. Nobody's reached out to me at any <laughs> rate, so I don't know if they have to the college or not over the over the years. But. Say TIP is a fairly new program. It's through a grant from the state. And College of San Mateo did this a couple of years ago, and now the North Bay Building Trades have picked up on that. Basically, we're copying what they did. And it's going on in College of Marin right now. And in fact, they're gonna, going to have a graduation in a couple of weeks. And so the next stop is Napa. And then the plan for that is then Santa Rosa and then Solano, and hopefully even Mendocino. I don't know if it'll make it to Mendocino or not. Depends on how long the grant holds out, but uh, it's it's an excellent yeah. excellent program. Yeah. So and, and in and in terms of the of the um, the the extensive apprentice programs and pre-apprenticeship programs um, here in the Bay Area, Diablo Valley College has has a couple um, that are that are fairly well known. I know, um, I know the um, yeah. Napa Valley Adult Education has that part has a partnership with the electric electricians unit yeah. union, yeah. so they do the coursework yep. through Adult Ed. So yeah. anyway, I just was wondering if maybe. Anybody, there was any feelers from any of these unions, but. There, I actually had a good conversation with the gentleman earlier this week who is a local employer. It's Napa Valley Waste and Recycling. Mm -hmm. And we had talked about an apprenticeship program. So there is an interest in the community, which is, it's but great, it almost that coincidental that we're talking about it tonight, yeah. so. <laughs> I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. I was going to Would it have to be trades is what I was going to ask next. Well, for the tip, it's about trades. But the, you're asking about if the various unions have contacted, but they're all associated with the building trades. That is, you know, the organi organization that they're all associated with. Now they each has their own rules, their own programs. But um, as far as an individual union contact, not that I know of. It's when always you, through the building trades. Well, for... For TIP, you mean? For TIP. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah for, no, these partnerships, though, I know there's, for example, um, Alameda Community College. They have a partnership with the automotive union. So they take their classes at the college and then they do their um, hands on in the field. Okay. So it can, doesn't, it can be, doesn't have to be building trades, it could be other types of um, vocations. Yeah, yeah, for the full apprenticeship programs, absolutely. It can be, it can be uh, any number of sponsors. Culinary, yeah. all yeah. sorts of things. Sure, there's a wide yeah. range of things we can do. Yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you very much.
Moving on to 11, uh, item 11, consent calendar. We did pull item 11.4, memorandum of understanding with the city of Vallejo for health occupations, student clinicals. We also pulled 11.5, human, re human resources document of August 11, 2016. So we're looking at approval for 11.1 uh, and 11 inclusive, 11.1 approval of consent calendar, 11.2 ratify payroll of 7.29, 2016. And 11.3 human resources document of August uh, 2nd, uh, 2016. Um, Board Chair, um, yes. I'd like to postpone the approval of 11.3 because it wasn't online, so I didn't have a chance to look at it. I don't know when it finally went up, but it wasn't when I went to bed last night. And I worked all day. Um, well, it was actually, it was 11.5 was up, and then after you contacted me, I, I put it up again. 11.3? 11.3 is, I thought, the human resources document. Mm -hmm. Oh, because it's up there twice. Right. Yeah, so it was on there already, and then after we communicated, I put it up again. Um, yeah, it was there because I reviewed it. Oh, so there is no 11.3? The, no well, um, we... We deleted 11.5, but they are essentially identical. Oh, the okay. attachment is identical. The same, okay. Yeah. So uh, no objection, the uh, consent calendar is, is approved. Uh, item uh, 12 point. Are you gonna motion or vote? I think it's, uh, it's already done by consent because no one's objected, so it does pass. Okay. Thank so. Twelve item twelve action items. Uh, we're looking at twelve point one endorsement of next steps campus master plan. I'll turn that over to Dr. Ronald Kraft. Thank you. Um, this really is a an agenda item to ask the board to continue its work um, towards the campus master plan initial report that came out um, uh, last year. And in in talking with um, Trustee Iverson and, and a few others of you in my individual meetings, the, the notion of trying to advance this project by getting the board to make a statement will, uh, um, I think, send uh, a strong message to the community and also to our internal constituents about your intention. So let me, let me walk it through a little bit um, in terms of what we're really asking. This, this um, action is really asking the board to endorse next steps, which is to survey interest from the college constituent members about faculty, staff, and student housing. So that would be done and accomplished in um, probably electronic surveys. We, we might um, hold some um, forums if we, if we need to do that or other data gathering pieces. Um, also, a survey of interest from community members. We've done pieces of that. Um, both, I think, Trustee Iverson has a, a, a somewhat of a input on this tonight. I have met with all of the uh, community leaders, and and to be honestly and very frank with you on this, the there has not been a major meeting on housing or the future of Napa that has occurred in the last mm, six, seven months where housing is not a major topic. And the need for especially affordable worker housing 
um, proximity housing has been at the forefront. There, it, we are at a crisis situation in Napa. Um, people are being priced out. Students specifically cannot afford to go to the school and live in this county. That means they ha are forced to commute long distances, which they don't do. Therefore, our enrollment suffers and their success in their program suffers. Um, additionally, I think when it comes to faculty housing and student housing, there are several, I'm sorry, faculty and staff housing, several other colleges have started to address this. Um, I, I had a brief list here. Um, Feather River is in the early stages they're working. Marin has an existing project. Sierra is in the RFP stages for their faculty staff. San Mateo has an existing project. West Valley has an existing project. Orange Coast is in project development. Mount Sac is in early stages of discussion. Taft has an existing project. Lake Tahoe is on their second um, phase of their, of their project. And then there are several other colleges kind of where we are, you know, looking at their, at, at their local communities, discussing it in, in broad base. Um, so in terms of trying to get a, a flavor for where we want to go with this, I'm asking the board to do a couple things, just kind of uh, direct, if you will, staff to move forward with the surveys, survey of interest from community members, coordination with local agencies we're doing, and um, I've certainly met with city, county, and um, the Gasser Foundation on this, and we've had reports all, all last year, several of them um, on those. Financial and legal advisors are folks in the community and, and also experts who are willing to share their expertise uh, on this, um, generally pro bono, there's no cost involved in this, um, and an environmental investigation. We were kind of on track for that. Um, so I think in terms of having a discussion about, that just kind of sets the stage. I'm sure there's discussion you want to have, and there are you know, both um, pros and cons on the, on the project, but um, we're, I'm trying to move deliberately continue with the project in discussion and uh, move forward so we can gather more info so we can finally make a decision. So that's, that's where it is right now, Mr. Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, do I hear any? Uh... I have yes, a few ahead. comments. I've met with quite a few individuals in the community and there's a, a lot of discussion going on about affordable housing, whether that's the right way to phrase it here at the college would need to be determined. It could be staff housing, student housing, faculty housing. But everybody in the community seems to like the idea until it's in their neighborhood. And that's one of the biggest issues is the city's looked at it and then it's been voted down because it gets into arbitration and the corporation or the moneyed interests that are willing to move forward just lose interest and get tired of spending the money to keep going and battling with the neighborhoods. But it's a very big issue here in Napa because people can't afford to move here. Younger families can't afford to live in Napa. Students are having a commute. They can't afford to live here either. So the college is in a unique situation, I feel, given where we're at and the amount of land that we have that we could further discussions with other, you know, the city elected officials and uh, maybe even the Board of Supervisors as well. I'm not sure if there's county land that would be at question. 
but I would like to see the board move forward and give some direction to the staff to start surveying it and seeing if the college could be an opportunity for the community. I mean, we have 8,000 students, roughly, and 500 employees, and I think there's quite a few employees and students that would love the opportunity to be able to have housing on campus. Um, there's also a lot of other, and I get really excited about it, there's discussion about a, a justice center uh, being built in Napa. I think as we create our campus master plan, I think listening to the community and looking at some of these ideas that are being discussed would be a good idea for the college. I think we could be kind of a hub. And if we're all on board as far as developing better relationships with the community, I think these are issues that we're going to have to look at down the road. So you endorse a survey then? I would endorse a survey and anything else that would be right. Is there a, a counter to that? Uh, I, yes, Amy. A few questions. Um, well, first, I, I heard what the classified Senate rep said about being that people were surprised um, that this was on the agenda. And so just going back, um, the board had a presentation of a, a draft campus master plan. And I, I was just wondering, after that, was there, were there any forums where the campus master plan was presented to the college community where they could learn about it and weigh in? And then second part to that is, is the campus master plan something that at some point will be adopted by the board? Because my understanding was it was just a draft at that point. So is that something that's vetted through the constituencies and then is actually adopted by the board? And then from then we move forward on the different components. So those are my two questions. I can answer uh, pieces of that. Um, yeah, I, I did a quick timeline review um, based on, and thank you, and, and we shared these questions and you, you said you were gonna do them. I just didn't have time to get all these to you today, so I appreciate that. Yeah, the, the, we've had several campus forums, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, on the, on the CMP, and um, some of those occurred, I should, some of those occurred on um, the campus updates, some were combined facilities master plan pieces, and there were several on the CMP itself, kind of culminating in the initial draft, and that's what it was called. It was a campus plan initial draft that was that was um, presented here, and and its broad brush was to really give the college a notion of what can we do. Um, at one point, I think it came to this board maybe a decade ago um, that um, our our surplus land, if you will, or our vacant land out front was unbuildable, which it was until the um, reclamation and the, the work, help me with the language. Flood control project. Flood control project created um, from a flood zone to a flood plain. Am I saying that, am I reversing it? I think it's, it changed from a flood way into a flood plain. Flood plain, um, which is basically Gasser Foundation's property. So um, what we did, it's their, it's their property profile. So ours is now buildable, if you will. We still have a lot of issues in, in trying to determine. So um, in answer to your question, we are moving forward. One of the real keys that I would like the board to weigh in on from a, a positive thing is, is there a need here? And so really this next step is looking at if there is a need and a, and a desire from our constituencies and the community, then we can adequately come to the board and say, as we develop the master plan, it looks like 
everybody's wanting this for your consideration. So you would include that in the consideration. Um, to complete the campus master plan, assuming that I guess people wanted that and have it in there and then have it either voted down or not, you know, not, there's no, no way for me to put it in there yet without doing this kind of background foundational work to really check with the constituencies. We had talked, especially with Academic Senate, you know, there's, there's a million questions here that we really need to address. You know, how big, I, when I talked with Classified Senate, and I don't think you were surprised that it's on the agenda. I think, no. yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Showed up. Came to see you. Right. Right. Um, we're happy to see you, but uh, yeah. if we would have known ahead of time, we could have put mm -hmm. it on the agenda, and I think we would have had more people there. Right. Um, so it's just. It was a heads up um, in, in, in terms of me meeting with the constituent groups to let them know that this item was coming up and that it wasn't a August surprise of some kind, no. you know, uh, you know, trying to you know, move something forward. So with that was that's one answer to your question. I, I think that hopefully suffices. Okay, and then, um, so I went back through the Gasser report that we got on the housing, and I understand the need for affordable housing, and I, I think this could be worthwhile, but I had a question about funding um, the project. Like what? would be the plan to fund it um, because, you know, kind of going back to the accreditation report, there was already a concern from accreditation that our plans, and they mentioned our five-year um, construction plan, they already felt it was unrealistic that we already have plans for, you know, all these new buildings and we don't have the resources to fund them. And it seems like this is adding one more thing. and. Um, to the plate, and so I was just wondering what would be the plan to, to fund can and maintain I, I the answer, project. Uh, can I answer that? What, uh, or the chair would like to, to have uh, Dr. Kraft restate. Uh, this is a survey to investigate the potential for, to, to okay, who's gonna pay for it, all that stuff. So this kind of answers that, as I understand? It does, we would also explore the, the funding mechanisms, if you will. Well, can I can yeah. I interrupt to uh, because I am uh, I've been part of this whole thing with the housing and and uh, uh, the the only question Napa College is being asked right now was uh, two questions one was do you have land that's available and then Cass Walker came and made the presentation that that she did for uh, City of Napa and. Uh, uh, housing Action Group, which is the group that, that uh, several months back I asked if I could sit with and uh, bring back information to you, which, you know, as to what's going on, which I did. So all, all Dr. Kraft is asking for tonight is for us to be willing to do the information gathering that's happening all over the community by the city. Uh, you know, we're not committing, uh, you know, to anything because there is no, you know, the citywide plan. There is a crisis. There's a recognition that it, we're not, that we need to do more than think outside the box. We need to create a new box. You know, cost of housing is very simple, supply and demand. 
and people who want to buy a Napa address have money to do it. So we're never going to have affordable housing that other communities of Fairfield, Vacaville have the potential when we don't have the land. Number two, how many of you would vote for an initiative on the ballot that would move the RUL out into the vineyards? Or, you know, a county initiative that would say, you know, you don't have to have 40 acres to have it. So a realistic, all the entities involved, and, and Ron is, is uh, sat with the, uh, you know, the, the elected officials and, the, and uh, the planners that are trying to look at this. The Housing Action Group is a group of developers, uh, financers, just they're trying to get outside of their box because it's this battle between the cost of building a house if I want to sell you an affordable house, then somebody else is going to pay for that. The developers aren't going to take less money. So there's this, all this creativity floating around that we need to be in the middle of whether anything is ever built here. That's, you know, years down the road. But all, all we're saying is we have land. We're willing to, uh, to sit and be part of the... Uh, uh, the planning that's going on now, which is, uh, you know, real basic. Do, you know, maybe we want a five-story uh, apartment complex because the the height is now uh, broken. The uh, the glass ceiling, so to speak. Napa City used to have nothing more than two two floors, and now we've got three-story hotels downtown. So there's a lot of options in in terms of going up. Uh, there are considerations for our property, not just ours, but uh, anyway, that, that is, the, is the big picture. We're not committing to anything other than saying, hey, we're interested, we're, we're a uh, party player by sharing all this with the constituent groups and getting opinions. There are ideas amongst, uh, you know, some people that, uh, amongst our staff that could be very helpful. 30% um, of our faculty live in the valley. And, uh, you know, the whole commute thing has been an issue for Napa for 50 years. Jamison Canyon is now complete, so you cut your, you've cut your commute in half. But still, we're off the corridor, so, you know, give me a house I can live in here because I work here. I don't hear anybody in driving to Sacramento from Vallejo that says, you know, I need a place to live where I work. So it's it's a big it's a big picture, and I would make a motion that we uh, thank you, Joe. support the Rafael. Yeah, I have a couple maybe concerns, and I, I mean, I'm in support of, of moving forward with gathering this information and, and studying this issue. Uh, my concerns center around partly something that Kyle said about. I think he was trying to avoid. Uh, you know, describing this as low-income housing. And yes, we know there's definitely a need, and there has been for, for many years in the county, for affordable housing up and down the county. And he's right, communities don't want it. Um, and I don't, I think what we should be focusing on here is the, the needs of the, the district. And our students and our faculty, our staff, as opposed to offering up to the rest of the county. The, the county, all of the municipalities have re legal requirements to provide housing. And 
this has happened for years where they've been in negotiations with other uh, communities about trying to push off, you know, those requirements to American Canyon or other places for various reasons, and one being uh, what Kyle identified. So my concern is that the rest of the county then looks to us to provide that uh, to meet their requirements. I think that this study, first of all, needs to focus on would our students, do they have this need? Obviously, they do. They can't afford you know, the housing here. So that should be our focus. What could we provide if there is a need and interest to do that? What do our students need? We're, we've got programs that are beginning to attract people you know, internationally, from across the country and internationally. So I think that's what we should be focusing at, looking at, and whether our staff, this would be something for our staff and, and faculty, uh, an option for them, those that, that commute, that they can live here. Uh, I see this not as low-income housing, I see it as student and maybe faculty housing, which I think is a completely different flavor, you know, uh, and different feel. A lot of the students would be, it would be kind of a revolving thing. Students that come to Napa Valley are here for two or four or seven years, uh, whatever it is, and, you know, they get out, they get a job, and they move on. Um, and whereas affordable housing that we're talking about as far as the county and municipalities, that's, that's more permanent. The entire thing is more permanent. So that's my concern. I think we should focus, this should focus first on what we need if there is that interest. Maybe. I, I, I like that. I, I, uh, and it says here affordable workforce housing. That says something completely different as well. So I, I think one could shape the survey to, to put the students first, uh, and, and particularly um, programs where there's an end date. For instance, the police academy, criminal justice, for instance, viticulture, or, or to make sure they're in sync with student needs and our, our uh, mission to move them forward either to transfer program or back into the workforce. And, and I look at it as, as temporary, something to enhance the, the colleges, uh, the district, as you said, uh, uh, programs and our uh, ability to attract and retain students and faculty. and and so on. That's what it should be geared to. We have this, and, and uh, uh, in a sense, I think most students are low income, so um, we're solving that. And with Napa Valley as an attractive place for visitors uh, with three million a year, uh, the popularity of Airbnbs uh, taking away um, housing or a room for, for folks that for come here to the Writers' Conference or a program or something uh, a little bit longer than that is it's a critical need. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Chair, Marianne, yes. So I agree with Raphael, uh, and I think that it, an important part is the just the terminology in itself. Um, I think we're really getting away from saying things like uh, low-income housing or affordable housing, and you know, workforce housing, or more specific about what that might be. The other consideration we might have is. Uh, maybe a percentage if if we can bring in some funding from elsewhere that we can agree to you know in many of the uh, like the new complex in American Canyon there's a percentage of it that is being rented at X rate 
and uh, a percentage of it that's being rented and being set aside for uh, more workforce uh, housing that's uh, uh, so I don't know if that's a consideration to add to that as well, but I, but I think what Raphael is saying too, and and uh, not making it, painting it with such a broad brush. Are we ready to vote? You've had. Uh, Wait, I, I'm yeah. going to. Uh, uh, I want to just share with you a concept that. Uh, is this going to strengthen your endorsement or your vote? Or? Doesn't matter. I'm going to support yeah. whatever. I mean, you're. Uh, let's say a five-story intergenerational. You've got a daycare center. You've got a uh, certain percentage of seniors in the SROs in this five-story, which single room occupancy. Uh, uh, would, we could add gerontology to our health occupations programs. Uh, I agree with you in terms of you know, people who come in and go out, but I just think we gotta get, for our population, and the seniors are our fastest growing population in the valley uh, and uh, that you know we've we've got to think in terms of the kind of jobs that are going to take care of of uh, uh, meet our our needs as well as the training I uh, saw I can't remember where I saw it now maybe just on the internet but a a uh, retirement center that uh, had a places for uh, college students to live. College students lived there for free, and they had you know different uh, jobs and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But in terms of uh, your comment about a bag and the housing uh, uh, allocations for every community, uh, the Upper Valley, of course, has always had been more mm -hmm. exempt because uh, uh, there's less there's less land. But those numbers from ABAG are numbers you have to put in a report and commit to. They're not numbers that have to be built. And, and the, uh, but that, you know, we're not even talking about that aspect of it for us. It, it has to meet our, we made that decision long, some years back that anything we, any property we would talk about using had to have an educational component or we didn't even hear the proposal. Yes, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Amy. Um, yeah, just to echo uh, what Trustee Rio said, yeah, I wouldn't imagine that this would be open to the community, that this would be for only for students and faculty. So I would, if that's the idea, then, then I would support looking more into it. Um, and as far as, you know, sources of data, we, the board approved a, a study um, to expand our out-of-state and international uh, program. And, to me, those would mainly be the students that might want to use this kind of housing coming from out of state and um, abroad. So perhaps we could use some of that data towards the study. And then also, I think another group, if we could study, is uh, faculty at other colleges because we've talked a lot about this maybe being a way to attract uh, quality faculty. So I think, I don't know if there's a way to do that, but I think that would be interesting. And I think the bottom line is, is that I think we would also want to show with the data not only the need, but that it's going to further district goals, um, increasing FTES, that it's going to make us more financially solvent, because that's a big issue, that we have liabilities and don't have adequate resources. So I think it would need to make us more solvent, not more have more liabilities in some way. Are we ready to vote? All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Those, please reply no. Uh, have we completely maybe abandoned the online voting element of the software package or? 
We need reminding. Okay. okay, we we can. I mean, it's at your discretion. All right, let's do it. It, it yeah. keeps so better track again. Oh, All right, so then you will announce the actual count once the voting has com been completed. And on audio, that way it's recorded for voice. For posterity, yes. So please, Carolee. Um, it should be up in front of you now? No. Let me get my... Nope. No. Rena glasses Are you on. logged in? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> says my name up in the corner. <laughs> hmm. We are at 12.1. Oh, I've lost it. Okay, everything. how about now? Yep. Okay. Oh. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> well, just count my vote. Like, I'm. I'm Okay. Something else I assume here. you're a yay? Yes. Uh, that makes the vote unanimous. Thank you. All right, unanimous vote. Uh, is that sufficient for the Brown Act? Yes. Yes, go ahead, please. Uh, um, I would just like to take this opportunity, and I'll probably take the opportunity again, to just ask that as this develops, that faculty are kept apprised of how it's going. Plan we have structures in place for campus master plan review and so forth. That is the planning committee. So just putting a little reminder out there. Thanks. Yes. And do you have enough to work with, uh, Dr. Kraft? I do. And I want to make sure that inherent in this, and we've talked about this, that all of our constituencies, faculties, classified, and students will be at the center of this, along with administrators and and. In, in a large, we want a big village here to really weigh in on what it is we're looking at. And a lot of these questions are wonderful um, and they will be teased out during this process. I expect this process to take several months um, and we will come back to you with uh, the next step. Right? There will be a second follow-up to the housing uh, forum that was done in May. That will be in September sometime. Yeah. Uh, that's being put together very good Excellent. board stands in recess until um, wait one more question and then we'll get a recess I just have a process question yes. um, don't um, the votes have to be visual so if you're voting electronic electronic I'm so sorry <laughs> electronically doesn't there have to be a screen that shows who voted how doesn't your vote nay or yay have to be public oh. I will turn that over question to David Yeah, she, she reported the vote as unanimous, seven to zero. So what if there was like two nay votes? Then we would have to mention those. You would say who? Yes, who, yes, that's correct. Yes. And who abstained and, and identify them by, by last name. Okay, thank you. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. All right, the board stands in recess until 8.30 Pacific Daylight Time. Thank you. Or do you I'm no you just present the request okay you know, great mm -hmm. well it's with great honor or great uh, well great honor. It, 
it's with a lot uh, I'm very happy to present to the board the request to grant Greg Maragula um, the emeritus status. I've known Greg for many years. Matter of fact, Greg and I go back. I was the uh, swing shift sergeant, and Greg was the night academy coordinator, and that's 25, 20 more, 26 years ago probably. So we've been around the, the block a long time. Greg has been an absolute asset to the college. He has moved many programs forward. He has done a lot for the college. And I think it's only fitting that we recognize as Greg has, what, 12 days, five minutes, something. You know, I mean, it's not that he's really counting that he's moving into retirement. Uh, and I would ask that, we, that the board approve emeritus status for Greg. Are we ready to vote? I no? would just like to Am weigh I in something first. Else? I mean, because I, I have to pile on here a little bit. Um, Greg was instrumental in, in, uh, in so many ways. Great. I feel difficult. We're kind of talking to you against the wall back there, but it's all good. And um, the, um, it, it, for me, in, in painting the landscape of a very inclusive and open college, and um, you, early on, as interim president, you met with me to help walk through you know, some, of the, some of the needed healing that had to have, happen here. And um, for that, I'm eternally grateful in your thoughtfulness and kindness and, and uh, wisdom um, have been so noted all across the institution. Um, so you are uh, a remarkable man. We have also seen you win the Rice Award, um, do some safe space and some incredible things here that have um, really put us on the map, I think, in terms of, of where we are. So. Yeah, I can get a little choked up on this too, but um, thank you. We also, I believe, have public comment on this item. We do. Do you, yes, Diana? Yes, we have, you have a, a twelve point three. Diana Shabodi, who's ready to. Uh, fine with me. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. So I just wanted to formally support the granting of emeritus status for um, Greg Moralia. And Greg has been a consummate leader and colleague. He works collegially with his faculty and his classified personnel. He has an appreciation for the role of each position and the skills and knowledge of the disciplined faculty. He has always valued and respected the role of each member in his division. He continually defers to program coordinators as experts in their fields and solicits input on all decisions. Even in lean times when very difficult and unwelcomed decisions had to be made, Dean Moralia made those choices and decisions ex inclusively with his faculty and his classified personnel. He truly practices collegial and shared governance with the focus of all decisions remaining on what is best for our students. While his work within his division is commendable, what is truly exemplary about Dean Moralia is his demeanor and impeccable character. He leads and lives by example. His actions and behavior are constant examples of not only tolerance of others, but acceptance. He strives to increase acceptance of difference and to increase the awareness of equity and diversity issues. His efforts relative to diversity, stopping acts of violence and hate and inclusivity of all people have made this college better for all of us, classified faculty, administration, and most importantly, our students. While I am excited for his next adventures, his presence, his calmness, professionalism, compassion, and humor will be greatly missed on our campus. Okay. 
Uh, do we make a motion? Can I yes, make it? please. Go ahead, Amanda. I'm not going to not get to speak. All right. Um, <laughs> while ev Diana just said everything really kind of beautifully that um, I would also like to contribute the fact that I have worked with Greg directly on the curriculum committee when he and his collaboration with Diana did put forward this curriculum um, for LGBT studies. And I, that was one of the better moments of that job I had for three years or something like that. In any case, I also want to indicate that it was working with Greg in the context of curriculum that I really developed an incredible respect. I'm doing all of this with my back to you, but you can hear me, um, which is that it was Greg being a consummate professional, never reactive, never histrionic, or um, in any way, uh, shall we say, unprofessional, or just even when at times that committee could get a little heated. And I really do really appreciate, echoing what Diana said, his deep respect for faculty and faculty expertise. That was never a question. So have a great, a great retirement, though I think we're not completely losing you. So that's good. Thank you. I was, my first uh, was at the Police Academy graduations. And uh, uh, it's, if you haven't been, I encourage you to go. They're, they're, they're moving, they're, uh, they'll tear your heart out, and, and Greg to, to orchestrate that, not only known locally, nationally, uh, inter internationally, as across the border to the north, and uh, some of the programs, and, and again, always that calming influence, and then quietly stepping away, uh, no longer up on the podium, but back in the, back in the corner where the sound was, and, and made a very uh, quiet exit off the stage, but uh, always in my heart, uh, first and foremost, uh, with everything we do uh, here, we thank you and uh, wish you all the best, Greg. And, and by uh, acclamation, because the, the motion's already been made, um, um, joined by, by standing and, and applause for Greg. So uh, a unanimous endorsement of, of emeritus status for one so deserving, Greg Moralia. Thank you. Would you like to say anything? Quickly. Come tell us about your dream restaurant. Yeah. Your next, your next uh, career. Well, first of all, you all need to come up to the Napa Valley Cooking School in December, because I'll be a student there, starting on the sixth. I'm all ready for, uh, for Barbara. I just want to say I'm, I'm deeply humbled by everything that I've heard tonight. Thank you so much. Um, I was driven to Napa Valley College, you know, some 30 years ago because of my passion for teaching. And that is uh, where my heart is. So I am looking forward to the start of classes on Monday uh, with as much enthusiasm as I had that very first day. And I think that's where you know you really are doing something you love. So thank you very much.
You working in an information table? Yes. I'll see you there. Yeah, 12.2, the ratification of financial documents warrants. Move approval. I, I, just, I just had a question. Was the, the one mistake, was it corrected on the document we're approving right now? So the document, so all of these numbers are correct. Um, Carly, if you open the document and go to page eight of the document. Oh, there it is. So you, wow, that's hard to see, or maybe it's my new glasses, but if you look at, um, uh, in the middle of the page, see there are two gray lines. One says voucher and check totals 812.50. The next says voucher and check totals $508,803.86. What is that for? Uh, because there's no, uh, there's, uh, no uh, payee there. Uh, Trustee Martinson brought this to my attention. That should have been deleted from the document. What that reflects is the total of four checks that were issued to remit withholding taxes that we withheld from paychecks to the state and federal taxing authorities. And so those are not actually expenses on the warrant report. That is actually a portion of the salary expense that you authorized on the payroll report. And so typically we deduct, we delete those four checks along with the total and uh, we neglected to delete the total from the list. So this does not appear in the grand total on the report. It is not part of the totals that you see on the summary that is reflected on the, uh, on the um, agenda item itself. It should not appear on this report. So can, can it be corrected and then re-uploaded? Can we yep. approve it with that being taken off, that sure. that's gonna be struck? Right, we can, we can, um, upload a corrected version of it uh, tomorrow. Does your motion stand with the correction, Joanne? Yes. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, please say no. Oh, that's right. I, I also don't me. have any ability to skip the second um, unless I have to redo some of the settings on the programs. So I'll second. I, thank you. <laughs> So we will need, and even though David advised that the second was the discussion and the adoption of the motion as amended, I am voted we, need, we, need to, we need to incorporate it. Is that correct because of board documents? Correct. I, I can't get to the vote unless I have okay. two All right. motions. That's fine. Yes. Uh, Kyle, what did you wish to vote? Yay. Thank you. It's in front of me, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, click on the trigger, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne, are you also in favor? Yes. So the vote is unanimous in favor of the financial documents. Thank you very much. 12-4, uh, this is second amendment to the CTE Enhancement Fund grant between Cabrillo Community College District and Napa Valley Community College District. Oh, are we ready to vote? 
All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, please uh, advise no, and we need a second, second to satisfy the, the computer. Second. No, you first. She seconded. So, no, no. Yeah. Okay, let's go vote uh, on the machine. You get it, Carolee? There it is. <laughs> okay. The right one. I got it this time. Okay. Yes. <coughs> Joanne, would you like me to vote for you? I, I yes, I I've almost uh, got it here, but oh, sorry. That's all right. No, that's fine. Diana, you're not stand for watermelon. Uh, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too late now. <laughs> After you unplugged your stuff, we figured, you know, <laughs> hey. I think it was unanimous. Unanimous. All right. Yes. Uh, unanimous vote. Uh, on uh, 12.4, Second Amendment to CTE Enhancement Fund Grant. 12.5, uh, the approval of reoccurring NVC Small Business Deputy Sector Navigator DSN grant for $200,000 for the fiscal year 2016-2017 grant <coughs> agreement uh, number 16-159-005. Any questions, discussion? Do I hear a motion to approve? Is there a second? Second, again. Thank you. All right, it's been moved and properly uh, seconded. Let's look for the, the action box on the screen. Okay, where is it? Where is it? Uh, it didn't come up on your Here? screen. Here? It should, you're in the meeting. Yes. Meeting, meeting tab and hit join. I'll be off the board by the time I find this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's a yes. Thank you. The vote is unanimous. Vote is unanimous. Thank you very much. Uh, so what, the vote thing doesn't come down. Huh? And we're at uh, 13 board reports. We'll begin with 13... Point one standing committee uh, reports, and we'll begin with Viticulture and Winery Foundation Board of Directors. Rafael Rios, uh, our representative. We have not met since our last meeting, so uh, I do not have a report. Very good. Redevelopment Oversight Committee, Joanne Busenberg. Uh, no meeting. The uh, Legislative Affairs Committee, uh, Dan DeGarty. Uh, no meeting. The Audit Committee, uh, Dan DeGarty. Once again, no meeting. The Foundation District Relationship Committee, Dan DeGarty. <laughs> thank you very much. I like that. Uh, we're going to the 13-2 uh, ad hoc uh, 
there, uh, so given what we discussed today, um, if the uh, Board of Trustees policy uh, ad hoc committee of Martinson, Rios, and Iverson, if we could have your your first reading uh, board, uh, wanted to try and have it uh, at the uh, August 25th meeting, so we're sure to include it in the next meeting to add We can make sure it's included in the uh, agenda discussion report and get it out. We, we were told that that either Dr. Kraft or he, or he was gonna direct staff to bring forward a first reading that it wasn't our role to create right. I think the we, policy. Sorry, I think we have the corrected suggestions and right. people have weighed in and I think tonight we talked a little about it in the pre-board workshop. So I think we've captured enough for us to bring it to you as a first reading, which again, you could you could adapt at that first reading, right? If there's some error. Okay. Are we talking about 2360 and 2730, those two? Yes. I have only seen 2360. I have not seen 2730. We, we sent both. Um, we, we had worked on both before. You, you told us that we weren't supposed to. So we sent both of them to you, our suggestions. Yes, let's bring them both forward. Uh, Great. For, uh, so first you'll reading. bring forward either what we have or t your tweak, your version of it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, is it our turn to do the reports? Are we doing our report right now? Uh, the, is that ad, what's happening? The ad hoc committee report, you have a report on? Yeah, yeah, doing? I passed out. So yeah, well, just to read into the audio a little bit. Um, so yeah, so we have, we uh, already have BP2360 on minutes and also 2730 on board member health benefits that we have given to Dr. Kraft, um, our suggestions um, to bring forward a first reading. Um, also, uh, point three, um, to bring us in compliance with accreditation, which is notice that all of our policies and administrative regulations are not easily accept accessible to the public. We suggest the following change to BP 2410 on policy administrative procedure. Um, we would like it, instead of saying that all policies and administrative procedures sh shall be readily available to district employees through the superintendent president, uh, we recommend that it states that all policies and administrative regulations shall be posted on the board website. Point of order, Mr. Chair, and I don't know if that's the correct procedure, but this is different than what I agreed to as far as a report earlier. I didn't, I didn't want changes. I wasn't agreeing to changes. Okay. We're suggesting changes. I thought we went back and forth and... We did, and my last email was, if, if I have to pull them, I'll pull them, but yeah. this isn't what I agreed to. Well, let's bring this back to committee and then uh, resubmit, uh, and hopefully in a, um, a manner that we move it um, for first reading at our uh, September 8th meeting. So uh, I'm sending it back to committee, these changes with... Uh, well, we're not making any changes. We were just suggesting changes. Well, uh, apparently there needs to be some okay. more Can discussion. Can I finish the last point? Uh, the last point, point four. what? Point four. Yeah. So point four in the report was that um, we are requesting that if, at a future board meeting that we discuss BP2340 on agendas and BP2725 on board member compensation for possible changes. Uh, briefly, 2340 on agendas. Um, and 2725 on board member compensation. Mr. Chair, we does not include Trustee Iverson. I, I, I suggest 
<laughs> I think the committee needs to uh, go over that because I don't think we, that that's quite what we agreed. All right, uh, I'm sending it all back to committee and. and uh... I'd actually, not to interrupt Mr. Chair, but could we get some guidance as to what this committee whether or not it needs to be disbanded or what the objective is. I, I believe that we, in the beginning, were told to look at 2360, BP yes, 2730 correct. somehow slipped in there, so we yes. looked at it. But then uh, in our July meeting, we were tasked with submitting a list of policies that the committee thought might need some reevaluation. And they're to prioritize them, and we haven't seen that list. This is correct. the list. This this is that I list. thought we agreed to, but there was a bunch of emails going right, back and right. forth. Let's let's uh, send it back to committee and get us something. Um, moving on to board reports. Uh, this is trustee and board chair reports. And I've been uh, advised by council um, um, uh, on uh, board reports that. Um, uh, one, uh, they be concise and, and uh, timely uh, as, as far as uh, uh, content, and and they are not to to campaign for or popularize uh, oneself, and it's not to solidify a position on a particular uh, item. Uh, our, I'm to remind you that you're on district time and you're expending district resources. And so anything other than that, uh, uh, um, anything other than that per directly pertains to the district is not to be reported on. That's considered personal. So again, uh, not to campaign, not to popularize yourself, not to solidify yourself on a particular position. Those are not uh, allowed uh, under board reports, according to our council, uh, the board council. And so I'll leave it with that. And I'll start with Amy. Okay. All right. Um, so I just had three points, and these all related uh, to communications with the public that I had, people that came to me with different issues related to the college. Um, the first one, I know we all received the email from Mr. Orton. Uh, and his inquiries into our progress in addressing accreditation issues, particularly those related to our financial resources. And I agree that we need an update to the next steps, the next steps slash plans for addressing three priority recommendations identified in the AAC, ACCJC action letter from March 2016. Um, he pointed out that um, it's been a while since March 20, 2016 and that the timeline section was blank, and so I'm hoping we can get an update and see what's been met since then and what still needs to be met with a timeline. Um, number two, uh, well, we heard from these individuals today, but I've heard several complaints about negative comments made about community members on the Underground Napa blog, on the NapaBroadcasting.com website, and the college's association with the site. I'm concerned that positive community engagement from the interviews with college stakeholders is being offset by the negative feelings created by the blog. And I'm concerned that the college appears to be giving tacit approval to the blog. 
um, which goes against our value of respect for others. I would like the college to reconsider its special relationship with the site. Uh, now that we have board docs and there's no additional cost to videotaping and streaming our meetings on our own website, uh, I think that's a place to start this in terms of- Mr. Chair, this I'm is... really confused as to what our trustee reports are supposed to say. I'm, I'm, I thought we were supposed to re report on what we're doing in the community, no. meetings that we're going to, different constituency reporting... groups if we're meeting on them. Okay. But Board Chair, I'm being the interrupted college. during my report. Right, let, uh, let Amy continue, but I, I will say again, uh, focus it a little bit more. Don't... Uh, 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 if you're focus. saying that, uh, certainly we heard some negative comments about uh, Napa Broadcasting, and yes, uh, you know, that's um, probably of interest. And, and I have an uh, interest in revisiting the relationship okay, because right. um, I'm concerned but, about the negative community impact and that we're giving tacit approval to uh, bullying behavior on, on the website. Yeah, the perception of the relationship right. is... Uh, Need some clarification. And starting with the fact that our audio recordings are archived on that site. I believe they should be on our own site. That's a private site. Um, third, I heard two complaints from community members about the lack of ceramics classes at the college, especially given the resources that went into the new facility. Um, the court, they said that there's currently only two classes being offered, both at the same time. Um, one person told me she drives to Sonoma's community center and pays $100 per month for open studios there. So I thought that's something the college could look into. She suggested that we consider offering open studios at a cost here at the college uh, and more classes if possible. Thank you so. very much. Kelsey. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I would love to report that I will be attending a student trustee conference tomorrow and Saturday um, through the California, uh, well, hold on, no, it's the Community College League of California. Um, and I will be bringing home my student trustee handbook. <laughs> Very excited to read it. Um, also, uh, I would like to say that as I go out into the public, into my community, and I represent Napa Valley College, I do like to know that uh, partners that we have are not doing slanderous things course. That's very important um, as a student who, who uh, is very proud of my school and very happy to be here. Um, I want to know that we're all kind of uh, li living uh, to maybe possibly a, a higher standard of, of respect, idealistically. Um, that being said, um, I'm just as excited as all of the rest of the students to get back to classes on Monday. I want to say a special thank you to um, Greg Moralia and uh, Joanne Busenbark for signing up for our welcome tables. Thank you. It's students look to those when they come, so thank you. Um, also, I appreciate the talk of the new apps and the new technology that's going into students, maybe a younger generation, being able to sign up on their smartphones and whatnot. Uh, Keep in mind, of course, there are some of us older students, um, adult education, and we like to go onto our laptops, you know, napavalley.edu. Uh, so I think that um, also as we uh, spoke tonight about the new um, BOG regulations, I think that it will be a very positive influence. I'm very happy to see that. Uh, and I'm ex very extremely impressed with the apprenticeship programs that, that we're discussing. I think that we need new and innovative programs for vocational education, uh, especially because we're targeting 
um, well, we want more students. We want more members of our community. We want more uh, students of all ages, and that will absolutely help in so many ways. Sometimes you can tell um, at kindergarten age that they need to go into a certain vocation. So um, there's a lot of potential there, a lot of potential for, for increased students and whatnot at, at Napa Valley College. And lastly, uh, I want to share that I will be um, waking up my nine-year-old daughter at 2 a.m. to watch the uh, Perseid meteor shower. So thank you. It's not overcast yeah. then. Is uh, Dr. Charlesworth out there already someplace or what? Is this just so I don't get up the wrong day? Do you mean tonight? Okay. All right. Hopefully the meeting will be over by then. All right. All right. Very good. Dan Dugarty. Well, I um, won't speak anymore on TIP. That happened earlier tonight. And uh, most of my activity the past month has been political in nature, so I'll not report on that. The only thing I have to say is I want to congratulate all the nurses at Queen of the Valley Hospital. They finally got the first agreement signed. Hooray for them. Thank you very much. Uh, Trustee Iverson, Kyle. I uh, actually was able to attend the North Bay Business Journal Conference, and I got to see Dan Mafossen speak, uh, Supervisor Pedroza, uh, Planner Price, and it was a very, it was a great meeting. A lot of good businesses there, some good discussion, and the college was in the, the center of attention, I felt. We had some good discussion revolving around the college, so... I'm excited about that, and that's my report for the evening. Thank you very much. Uh, Marianne Mancuso. Uh, Marianne? So I had a great meeting this morning in American Canyon. We have our Government Affairs Committee meeting. And, um, you know, and the, I, I think what was great that I came away with was uh, how respected and how involved everybody uh, really wants the college to be. Uh, there were a couple of gentlemen there from Western Wine, which is one of the largest, uh, you know, uh, employers in American Canyon, and they have something like seven, eight warehouses. And uh, uh, the gentleman from New Jersey, from their headquarters, was actually there today and participated in the meeting. So that was really, and they're they're looking for more space. And uh, so I think that you know something we talked about earlier. I think that also the outreach to people like that, to who are having a hiring. Uh, you know, challenge right now with finding people and maybe talking to them about upskilling maybe some of their folks would be a, a good direction. So it was, uh, it was great. And then, um, uh, let's see, Western Wine, there was something else today, this morning. Oh, uh, Myra Ayala from uh, Mike Thompson's office was mentioning that there was uh, a town hall coming up that uh, was going to be all about, she sent me some information. Um, it is town hall with uh, another congressman, Swalwell, at Sonoma State on September 1st. They're gonna be sending you some information, I think, Ron. 
and they'll be hearing from uh, students from millennials and all of the important issues that are coming up. So she's gonna, uh, she, she said, we definitely want the college there. Um, so that was, that, oh, that was it, but I have one question, Eric, um, and maybe Oscar too. Are we using the capacity of the American Canyon classrooms that we have? Are we fully using those or what? Well, uh, currently my, my, my understanding is that we're not using them to, uh, to full capacity. However, that's part of the game plan that we have is, is to make better use of them to include uh, the possibility of a one-stop shop for, for services uh, you, I mean, students would need to, you to matriculate. Um, but I think that's, that's part of the game plan is, is to make better use of that or for an alternate use that would serve students and to serve to bring in uh, more students from Solano County as well, so like a central mm -hmm. point as well, because mm -hmm. as you know, as I mentioned, 35% of our population currently comes from that area. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason why we can't bring in more, more students using the, the American Canyon Center or place as, as, a, as a, a location for offering services and, and classes. I think that, I don't know if there's maybe some miscommunication, or maybe not miscommunications, but maybe not enough communications that, um, you know, when I talk to some of the people down there, they're like, we want to. Um, <laughs> so I don't know where we are with it. And I'll just weigh in and say that we have, um, th this is a very strong cabinet conversation. We're talking oh, about okay. revitalizing the center, offering classes, offering student services down there. And we agree with you. We see American Canyon site right now as a potential new center for the college moving forward. Um, and I've already talked with um, the, 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 the superintendent, sorry, it's late, superintendent of Napa, Napa Unified about leasing additional spaces, you know, for other classrooms, in, including Eric's suggestion about uh, biology labs and other things down there. So we're, okay. we're getting very close Great. to linking. Okay, it. thank you. Grand Rosenberg. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I attended the last police academy graduation. It was exciting to see that there were more in uniforms, which means they had jobs than uh, than the last semester. I mean, it seems to be uh, the employment opportunities seem to be uh, uh, you know, improving along that line. Interesting, uh, the Department of Motor Vehicles actually had three of our graduates. And I'd not uh, thought about the fact that they have a, a uh, armed um, security person in the building. I guess I've not paid that much attention. Uh, the I was the loan, well, I should say the loan board member, but with Michael this morning for the uh, opening session of, of uh, what used to be called pre-quarterly, but flux day, and uh, took a totally different turn with two... Uh, uh, speakers that apparently, in listening to uh, Diane and Amanda tonight, were motivational for them. And uh, I hope that uh, all of us that can will be at the lunch tomorrow. Last year it was a, a uh, love fest in, in terms of, of uh, the number of staff and faculty, administrators that were there, and it just gets the, uh, the semester off to a uh, to a great start, and since this is my last start of a semester, I thought of that this morning when I walked in the building. Uh, uh, 
I, I will be there. And uh, I probably will continue to work the welcome, the uh, information booths, you know, after, I've, uh, after I'm gone. I, as long as I don't have to take out my own insurance to be on the property or something like that. Okay. Uh, I, I, uh, Kyle's issue about uh, uh, your number two comments, Amy, I, it raises an issue for, for uh, me as well as what it, rather than a reporting, you're actually asking for some items that you want to have brought forward. And this is something that I've mentioned several times before. Uh, we need to add to our agenda future agenda items so that we have that opportunity uh, to do that. But I'm going to piggyback on hers, and, and I, I've asked this before, but a uh, report on the CTE that Diana Shabodi has talked about, uh, which is the, the class the, between credit and non-credit, where we it, it's, uh, can generate some, uh, some good money. So anyway, I hope to see you all at lunch tomorrow. What time is it? Where? 11.30 in the Glade. In the Glade, all right. There'll be Very strippers good. and, uh, no. Well, no, I can't go then. It will be catered by our cafe this year under the oh, auxiliary great. services. Yeah. Is that the request I got from the modeling agency? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rafael Rios. Oh, I'm going to... Delete that, please. That's yes. actually recorded, I think. <laughs> Uh, just one item. I, I also went to the police academy graduation, but I thought that was the month before. Uh, um, was it? Maybe I'm just losing track, or I, I don't know. But just uh, one item that um, I did uh, attend the Damien Maldonado Foundation. Well, I'm part of it, so I did attend it um, this uh, couple weeks ago. Uh, I was very happy to see that a number of the students who received scholarships will be coming to, to Napa Valley College. Uh, there were, I believe there were five of them. Six, thank you. Oscar, thank you very much uh, for being there. It, it, uh, it's great to, to see you there. I think you've been there now a number of years. So, yeah. Um, but they received, uh, those coming to, to the college here received a kind of a two-part scholarship. They have $500 to come and then they've got, if they're gonna continue on after the two years and, and go on, they'll, they'll get another $500. So it was wonderful to see that uh, group that uh, coming, coming here to Napa. Um, and I think those were all my, my activities uh, since our last meeting. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Raphael. Um, couple items I have, one, one I, what, what, what Marianne said about uh, warehousing, that remind me of the, the need for logistics, uh, trained folks here in, in, uh, in the area to, to handle the international trade and transportation of case goods, because it's no good sitting here in Napa, it needs to be at the customer, uh, as far as the, the wine and spirits industry uh, is concerned. And logistics is, is huge in this uh, North Bay, certainly, and perhaps maybe a apprenticeship program or something like that. Um, I also um, uh, had a long conversation with a, uh, a person in finance here as far as the, uh, the skill set needed to um, operate as a, a CFO 
or in finance accounting in the wine industry, very specific and, and uh, a, uh, uh, very involved, particularly with the government regulations, this, uh, the, uh, the state and local regulations, and so on and so forth, that that might be an opportunity. She said there's, there's just no people to hire out there that have that, that skill set. Um, or even trainable, that, that they have to start from ground zero. Um, and uh, this, this woman just listed a litany of um, places that, that she knew of needed folks and that she was doing the best she could to recruit. Um, and then what was said here, I, I, I think I've said it in the past, but, uh, and Eric maybe, uh, uh, your thoughts on it is, and my belief is if it doesn't have, uh, if we can't give it away, it has no value. And I was thinking about, you know, an honorary degree program. You know, the, the big schools give it four-year degrees and so on and so forth. So uh, maybe to honor alumni or, or uh, important contributors to the to the college or something with with something like that. So I'd certainly want to hear what the, the faculty and, and uh, instructional side would have about that um, and, and its potential. Well, let's see, um, um, there, there was, and perhaps Joanne r recalls when we were looking at the Menlo facility, uh, uh, the ceramics operation there, there was a presentation and an appeal by some of the local users of that facility and um, I, I Two of them were talking about how they made tile for their entire house and, uh, and over several years or course, continually taking courses and utilizing our facility to make uh, tile for uh, in our ceramics uh, operation. So um, that's just an aside. So uh, with the... Um, uh, with the, the board's uh, approval, I, I'd like to give um, Ron Kraft the, uh, the flexibility of offering a, uh, um, a day in honor of David Anglovich uh, whenever that day comes forth. That's a, that's a great idea. I think I understand your... your yes. So we would have a day of uh, probably a life celebration for Dave? Yes. Choosing a day... And are you intending that to be a... The board proclaims... Uh, Got it. Um, yeah, well, the, uh, I would agree with that only if everyone is required to wear a Hawaiian shirt on yes, that day. Or, or, or broaden yeah. it a little bit, maybe Polynesian or you know, South Pacific. Okay. Well, what, what would it take to somehow put his name on the tennis courts, or at least one of them? We, uh, Carly is working with the family. Okay. Um, to honor their requests, and they're kind of working on endowment, and there are lots of ideas, so we want to, we want to okay, go. Well, with I'm Margaret's sure that and, one's among yeah. them. Yeah. And we'll, so we'll have an update with you, and maybe we can coordinate those things together. I've, sure. I've heard from some they need resurfacing, and maybe that would be a good way to mm -hmm. cap it off. Okay. Just to name the court. Um, but anyway, um, moving right along, um, I was hoping to. Uh, a little bit. Is there any need for the continuance of closed session? Put your glasses on, Mr. Chairman. Yes. No, there yes. isn't. These, you know, these are uh, rentals, you know, so I lost mine, so if anybody finds them. A 15 uh, announcement of future meetings. We have the 
25th of August approaching. It's a special meeting. It's a budget workshop starring Mr. Parker. Uh, and that starts at what time? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. And the agenda will also include the board goals per your request and from the goals. July meeting. All right. Is sometimes we do that, are we going to do that in the community room or here? Uh, whichever. Is it following exactly on the heels of the forum? No. The forum is a, a prior The forum is Tuesday the 23rd. Oh, it's the day. Okay. So they're not the same day this time. No. Okay, great. Fine. Thank you. So we'll be here. Okay. And uh, a special thanks to David. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you, David. Thank you. And uh, the 15-2, uh, September 8th, that's a regular meeting, and that's, um, we'll stay tuned for a start time on that, pre-board workshop, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's probably, uh, we're running out of time here to have one up in St. Helena or something like that, is that? It'd be catered by uh, I Greg we, Morales. We try to coordinate like it so Greg yeah, can yeah. serve you, yes, right? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Something like that. All right. Uh, so I'd like to adjourn the, the meeting in honor of uh, David Anglovich and his contributions to the, uh, to the college and to the budget and so on and so forth. 917.